This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The pensioners are back, but with no walking sticks in sight. They're carefree, wherever they may be. They're the famous CFC. Blue is their colour, and football is their game. If you come to Stamford Bridge, you'll remember their name. It's the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's that time of the week again for the Chelsea Fan Show. Myself, Matt Beadle, here with the guys from the Chelsea Fancast, Stamford Chidge, Jonathan Kidd. And I am delighted to say we are joined this week by the man, the Chelsea legend, Kerry Dixon. How are you, Kerry? I'm very well, thank you. Great to have you on. Stanford Chidge, great to have you on. Yeah, great to have yeah. you back. Lovely to have Kerry back, the, the founder of and the inspiration for the Chelsea fan cast, Mr. Kerry Dixon. Kerry. Again. <laughs> great. Lovely, isn't it, mate? Lovely to see him. He's looking well. Looking very well, mate. Thank you very much. You did, yeah, you did mention you spent £500 on some new glasses and things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was before I said that. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Fellas, we have got all sorts coming up. I we mean, have. Busy, it's been busy a show. very busy week for Chelsea, yeah, of totally, course. Totally, absolutely. Hasn't it? Now, yeah. we'll get on to the opening game of the season at Old Trafford. Do we in, have to? In the next segment of the show. Well, all that's right. why I'm, I'm going to give you an hour okay. to chill out, Good to man. calm down, to not worry about it. Um, but first, I guess the immediate reaction from the Super. Cup earlier this week, an absolutely corking fixture, yeah. I have to say. I mean, there was a lot of chat in the lead up to the game. Does the Super Cup really count? Does yeah. it really matter? I it did think, for me, mate. Well, I think it showed. Yeah. yeah, it was a good match, wasn't it, actually? You know, taking the blue tinted glasses off for a second, I thought it was really. You know, really entertaining match, and I enjoyed it. Other I mean, than, other than perhaps the, uh, the 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 extra time, everybody looked a bit exhausted. They did actually. That at your right, actually, that that took something away from. You know, I don't like seeing players going down with cramp yeah. 
although what i want to know is how you know what lazarus like uh, I, mean, I couldn't believe that yeah. they let fabinho yeah. take a penalty or Firmino take a penalty have was it for no it was Fabinho. it was massive no it was massive Magic. wasn't it one of them had gone one down them, yeah. with the, the worst case of cramp i'd ever seen and he <laughs> took a penalty and i was thinking at the time i was thinking whatever you do don't bring emerson on to take a penalty because he had <coughs> he had a serious problem mind you his penalty was superb, yeah, as, superb. as were they all yeah other Apart than, from poor old Tammy. And the goalkeeper had, was about a foot off the line. What happened to yeah. VAR? Yeah, but I mean, you know... You no, can't. no, no, Chidge. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, but no. <laughs> he's he's got a hump about I'm, it. I'm sorry. I'm with you, Mr Kidd. I'm with you on this one. Yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. ridiculous. I don't believe it. it's, I mean, they but, bottled it completely. They, they thought, oh my God, the, the, everybody's celebrating so much. They've all run the length of the pitch. They're all mobbing everybody. We'd better just let that go. This is the problem. Yeah. And I've said this, and we well, don't want to make this show yeah. about VAR, no, but no. this is the problem. It's like when Sergio Aguero scored the winner. Yeah. In, to, to give Manchester City their first ever Premier League title, you're going to pull that back? There'll be riots. Yeah. There's no way you can. But Good yes, point. you're right. He was off his line. My issue with it is that you don't need a video assistant to tell that he's off his line. That's oh, no. why the assistant referee oh, no. is standing there well, they to do, do that it. job. Yeah, I know, I know. Didn't do it. Listen, the more to the point, because we've got here uh, yes, Chelsea's. Yes, 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 I, yes. I mean, arguably Chelsea's best ever striker. Yes. Bobby might have a word about that. Yes. But what does it. <laughs> give us an insider's information on what Tammy Abraham might be going through having missed that penalty how's he going to feel and can he bounce back yeah of course um, and I'm with them too by the way on VAR so yeah, no, I hate uh, it good too, stuff Gary. Yeah, um, I think uh, it's, it, it's, it's warranted in certain cases but people like us the journalists and all of everyone else I'm afraid who want football to be talked about and argued about for the various reasons that they're doing it VAR will satisfy everyone mm. but there you go um, Tammy Abraham uh, Hope he makes it. Want him to make it. He'll be feeling desperate that it was his penalty. Mm. He'll let that go. He's a youngster. He'll look forward to the next game. Um, I don't really know what his mentality is like, I've got to be honest. Um, I don't know him as a person. Um, haven't yet you know, got to meet him. <clears throat> I dare say I will. And I hope I will. Um, wish him all the best and you know, hope he has a wonderful career. And I hope it's at Chelsea, which is the most important thing. And that, that's going to be determined by the fact that what he does on the football field. Mm. Um, I've mentioned time and time again to you, Dave, that you know they've got to hit the ground running, these kids. But the ones who are going to start this year, they've got a better than average chance and a better chance than many of the promising youth products we've had before um, because we can't buy anyone else. What yeah. we've got within the squad is going to be within the squad. You look at the two at the back, Christensen and um, like Tamora and you know Zuma. They've only got Rudiger now, really, as a experienced, if yeah. you like, defender. The other two are experienced at certain levels and doing certain things, but they're still regarded as kids and uh, at Chelsea. Um, but they're going to get game time. And so is Mason Mount, based on what Frank is saying. And Tammy Abraham, Batshuayi's only young as well, by the way. Mm. Um, so they're going to get game time this season. But the thing is, they're not going to get, get game time because they're young. They're going to get game time and they're going to have to do something while they're on the field. And Tammy he's going to want to score goals and that's what he's got to do um, he seems to get into very good positions Tammy we've talked about this last week I was impressed did you not think that he, he seems to get there just it's the finishing it's the end product that doesn't seem to be working at the moment for him uh, he's got a good CV as regards um, product and you know the he, 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 uh, no throughout his career oh, you, right, you look right, at right. You, as a youngster he's always scored goals right. and that's what I always look at sure. you know um, no disrespect to, we mentioned earlier off uh, air about Mark Hughes great player great but had a CV that was not full of goals. 
but he got spectacular goals, mm. but he didn't get enough of them. Tammy Abraham gets his 20-25 goals at the levels he's played at. Whether he can do it now at the Premier League, at one of the top clubs in Europe, even in the world, that's his new challenge. Um, I think he, and I hope he comes through. He's after mobile players, Frank, according to what he said today, because he said that Batshuayi wasn't fit enough right. in the press conference. Well, Tammy will get a chance, although having said that, Giroud didn't do himself any harm in the week. No, I no, he no, very no, well, he was, actually. He was much better than yeah. I've seen him play. But I'm a, I'm a big, you know, I like Oli Giroud, and I, and I you know, I, I felt, uh, we'll talk about United later on, actually, but... I, I, I felt that I felt that Frank would start with Giroud against United because you just need a bit of experience. You needed somebody to hold the ball up, and I think that's what Giroud does. But he put that goal away against Liverpool really well. That was a quality goal, yeah. quality finish. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, reminded me of a certain striker, Chelsea. I'll tell, do you know what? <laughs> well, I, I, I'd like to think I was a little bit quicker than him. <laughs> oh, mate, mate, mate! I've seen I've seen oil tankers turn quicker than Oli Giroud, mate. But the funny thing is, I was watching bizarre, bizarre, completely tangential thing. But uh, I happened to be watching the eighty-eight. 89 uh, DVD of, of you, Chelsea's season. You just happened no, to be no, watching. Well, come on. I knew, okay, I knew Every I was, inter- I knew I was interviewing him. <laughs> I saw you score a goal, actually, almost the spit of Oli Giroud's goal, and I know you were much quicker than him, but the way the, it was the finish, it was uh, a striker's goal. That, that was a tongue in cheek remark, you know, he has qualities that yeah, I haven't, and, and someone like that. He's a good player, and I like him as well. Mm. And, uh, you know, for, for the older established international player he's going to state a case for more game time himself this year mm, he yeah. hasn't played an awful lot for Chelsea and he would think he's been underused yeah. for the time he's unfairly, been unfairly I would say well, well his record is well, I mean it's 12 and 16 in Europe yeah. 7 record breaking in 49 domestically yeah. that's the difference in his scoring but, for fun in the Europa League but he got, he got played in the Europa League sorry yeah, I, I was just, no I was just going to say just on the question uh, 7 and 49 he might have come on for 10 minutes mm, in, in about exactly. 30 of them yeah. you know yeah. if yeah. you put actual minutes down my guess is it's probably not about 10 games. I did think the bizarre choosing of Higuain over him towards the end of the season was just absolutely nuts. ridiculous. Absolutely nuts, wasn't ridiculous. it? Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that one as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah mm. thumbs up was working well, but perhaps not on the radio, but thank you. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know if there's a podcast or anything else, but if anyone wants to hear or wants to listen, the thumbs up was given when he made that statement. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. I need that. For those, I need of, you, for those, of, you, yeah, for those of you listening in black and white, it was a thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. Matt, yeah to, to finish on Tammy, I think it just goes to show, I mean, you mentioned his movement there kiddo the fact that he is getting into positions not so much against United he had a couple of chances when he perhaps should have anticipated the ball coming across yes, but yes. he did get into the position inside the six yard box when yeah. Pedro crossed against Chelsea and didn't put it away yep there is that um, but you know people are going to analyse every chance everything yeah. something you might see return to the game with Tammy Abraham if he establishes himself up front is uh, when high pressing which is the feature of it appears every European coach and every coach that wants to be a coach at any level, all their teams with high press. A Tammy Abraham, and an on-form Tammy Abraham, would give a defender like a David Luiz the opportunity to push the ball, knock it over the top. Yeah. He could give someone two yards, some of these defenders. They're not going to live with him. He's very, very quick. Mm. And listen, you had a decent midfield player, he could slot the ball up so- alongside. These, some of these centre-backs, they're not all blessed with pace. No. And you might see a situation whereby in a game that is keep the ball ball to feet and everything else you might see a situation where we've got a quick centre forward you know leave the ball in the space and Tammy will get there and he'll score goals because of it mm. and, and as you said he's, he's scored goals uh, whatever level he's played at so I just think he needs to get one he needs to get off the mark and I think once yeah. he's got gets off the mark he'll be away and the other thing is Kerry I think you know for, I think, and I know you're gonna I know you don't like me talking about systems but I think that 
I think Frank would rather play him than Giroud because of that pace, because of the fact that he's quick and he can. He's, he's in off the. <laughs> my God, that, we got right. So, hang on a minute. What's Thumb, going thumbs on? up to the right and thumbs up to the left. Now. Twelve minutes gone and we've had two thumbs up from Kerry. That's better than usual, isn't <laughs> it? But great, yeah, great he, start to the show. You know, he's an off-the-shoulder type of player because he's got a lot of pace. Yeah, yes, and that's what got that's him a lot of, it, think, got him a lot of his goals. After, isn't he at the moment? Well, I think the impression, uh, you know, if, if nothing else, pace is going to give you something. It, it's a, it, it's an asset that no one can deal with. Yeah. If it, it's a raw asset, you know. It's not about how you play the ball, what you do. If you're quicker than someone, you can dress it up how you like, but you're going to win the race. <coughs> mm. Yeah, definitely. And, and ultimately, look, we're talking about fine margins. Yes, it was quite large last weekend against United, four goals to nil. But this Chelsea side have taken a Liverpool side who we're being told are one of the best that we've ever seen in the Premier League yeah, well, right you to take, the wire. Take that down a notch and you know uh, why. I don't know who's telling you yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. The red-biased media, I think. The red-tinted media are telling us that. But anyway, go but on. Nevertheless, go on. they are European champions. Let's put yeah, they are. perspective. They are European champions after finishing fourth, which is another matter altogether. But you are <laughs> taking a, a Liverpool side here right to the wire. And had it yeah. not been for, you know, a couple of Kepa saves personally... I think he probably should have made. He made some great saves in the game. The double save from Salah and Virgil van Dijk in particular. Save. But, but, but me, Montgomery, Sunderland, 1973. I am with you on that, kiddo, but I kind of feel like whenever yeah. a double save happens in any game, yeah, now, everyone goes, to that. oh, it's just yeah, like yeah. Jim Montgomery. Yeah, no, the fact he went onto the bar as well. Yeah, that's, that, yes, that was the, the distinct comparison. Nice. Peter Lorimer, okay. wasn't it? Yeah, Peter Lorimer yeah, and yeah. Trevor Cherry. Yeah, well remember. How about that? As a yeah, that's, even, that's even better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't remember what I did yesterday. No, but I can <laughs> remember that. Really. Or who, who am I? In fact, yeah. who are but you? Ultimately, this is promising, right? It's promising. It's positive after all the negativity and the hashtag Lampard out nonsense that we saw again on Twitter. I know it's a, a minority, but it's beyond there's funny. Nobody, now. It's beyond uh, Matt, funny. Matt, Matt, I can guarantee you. And actually, to segue this into the the, the awful racist comments about Tammy Abraham, mm. I can guarantee you that. Nobody who goes to Stamford Bridge week in, week out will be using a Lampard out hashtag on Twitter as much as nobody who will wander into Stamford Bridge on Sunday would have been racially abusing Tammy for missing that penalty. I'm afraid it's it's all part of this awful phenomenon of social media where keyboard warriors who want to get attention say awful things in full knowledge that they never get any punishment for it because it's on social media. Absolutely but, agree. Brilliant, well said, absolutely mm. right, and we all agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and Chelsea have labelled it disgusting. Disgusting, abhorrent. Well, so they have to Lampard. come out and say stuff, yeah, and I so don't blame them. And he's going to work with Tammy Abraham, obviously, to to, to fix this and, and help make well, sure that his mindset is correct. Frank, Frank missed bigger penalties than Tammy has. Absolutely, and I think that's what he said to him. And I think that's I think Matt, I think Frank will manage him very well in that context. Yeah, yeah. And I bet you know. And I think because Frank played at the highest level, I think he understands players better than a lot of other managers. He perhaps never managed at the highest level, mentioning no names. Absolutely. Well, promising signs, of course. Next, we're going to discuss a bit more about Angolo Conte coming yes, back into that starting love lineup. Love him. From Adams Park to Wembley, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. Listen to Love Sport Radio on your smartphone today. Simply download the free Love Sport app from the App Store or Google Play. Tap the play button and you'll be able to listen to your favourite station anytime, anywhere. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. 
This is the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport with the guys from the Chelsea Fan Cast, Jonathan Kidd, Stamford Chidge. We are joined. Do you know that he does this after every time his name's called Kerry? He, he says Kiddo. Just an FYI, in case you think he's got some sort of weird outrage sort of burst thing going on there. Uh, I'm Matt Beadle. We're with you through till nine o'clock this evening, a two-hour special, and we are currently reflecting on the Super Cup final defeat to Liverpool, but it was a good performance, and N'Golo Conte was back in that midfield. I just say it's Conte. Well, there's debate around this, no, isn't no, it? I, I no. <laughs> can, can, sorry? Conte. Conte. Yeah. Conte. Yeah, yeah which would mean Conte, no? No, no, no. no. Conte. 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 Oh. I'm a, saying Conte. Flat. Mate, yeah. he's, this, is, this guy gets paid lots of money to do voiceovers. He's a linguist. Don't argue with him. Yeah. Okay, so go on. Just it say is, It's not Conte. Right. It's Conte. It's a different... It's like... It's like... Um, uh, tour and... Uh, tour. There's a slight difference just okay. in the in the. Uh, so say his name for me, kiddo. Conte. Conte. Angolo Conte. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, Angolo <coughs> can play very well in that. Very good, man. Good recovery. Yeah. Good recovery. <laughs> a bit like Conte, really. There you go. Sorry, Conte. Yeah, Conte. Yeah, but yeah. but chaps, no, she's uh, not quite. You were a bit. Oh, the R was too much of an R there, Chich. It's more. Oh, shut Conte. up. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not entering yeah. this. Thank you. I'm very um, sensible, man. <laughs> But guys, and look, this is a, a fellow who had pl- hardly played in pre-season. Got a few minutes against Munchen Gladbach, I believe. Obviously, he didn't play in that first game, but he was well. He's been it, carrying he was an injury, brilliant, wasn't he? Oh, it's really interesting because I mean, he came on against United. Not only was he carrying an injury, but he picked up another knock. And I mean, from what I was reading, is his ankle was swollen on Tuesday, and Frank was saying, "Oh, you know, you okay to play?" He insisted on playing, so. You know, it tells us everything we already know about his fantastic character. He was the best player on the pitch by a country mile on Wednesday night. Um, I wouldn't have picked him. I wouldn't have risked him, actually, because I, I, I mean, he is... We, I mean, we said it all last season, actually, to be fair, didn't we? We said we've got two world-class players at Chelsea and only two world-class players. One is Eden Hazard, the other is N'Golo Conte. No, that's, that's ridiculous, oh, no, OK, the other one, the other one is <laughs> N'Golo. N'Golo, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's true. I mean, the guy is phenomenal. I mean, I know there's debate about where he plays and what position you get the best out of him, but I think the point is, Kerry, he's the kind of player, doesn't matter where he plays, apart from maybe in goal, but... Uh, but, you know, he could play anywhere because he's that good. He's a world-class player. I'm not going to agree with he can play anywhere. Well, like, yeah. No, I'm you knew that anyway. There's no way he can play anywhere. Well, he's the best. Maybe not in goal. He's the, be- <laughs> he's, the- he's the best holding midfield player in the world. Yeah, That's what I believe. Yeah, absolutely um, right. But he's not uh, uh, the best offensive midfield no, player no. in the world, and he's a long way, f- long way from yeah. it. Um, but nevertheless, yes, he should be in the side. But having said that, you know, I've been Im- impressed with the form of Jorginho in the two yeah, games totally and indeed agree. pre-season. And listen, he's not a bad player. I said it last year. The fact Sari is using him and N'Golo, as I'm going to call him now, because I don't want to get that discussion going <laughs> again, um, <laughs> is you being used in a different position by Sari, and he's trying to create him into a better offensive player and playing on you know either side of the holding midfield player. Um, created a lot of dissatisfaction, if you like, amongst Chelsea fans because they believed and they, it was developed an anti towards Jorginho. But he's actually mm. a very good player in his own right. And, you know, it is going to be tough. And the way if they carry on, the pair of them, both playing like this, there's a case for, and you talked about systems, and I don't, you know I hate that as well, because it's about players, not systems. Mm. But both players playing well will both be in the side, and who's to say there won't be two older midfield players, and the system will get changed. Well, that's kind of what he's tried to do with the 4-2-3-1. What I thought was interesting on Wednesday, and I think this is a point well worth making, Matt, is that 
I mean, I know you don't like systems, but they did play 4-3-3, and they had Kovacic, Jorginho, and Kante, and I think that that worked really, really well, because the problem with United was that they were, but you know, they basically, we, there was such a big gap between the defence and midfield, and we were getting cut to pieces. I think that really, really helped. But, the, but I think the point that I'd like to make out of that is how quickly Frank seems to have been learning, and also the players, because we've seen the qualities of the players. Yeah, yeah we got a bit of a dubbing, really. I mean, I know we, it was promising against United, but the way they kind of collapsed, and they, they did something about it. And I, and I mean, for people saying, "Oh, Frank's in, he's an, in an experienced manager," he, he, you know, I thought that was promising. The fact that they were prepared to make that change. The manager couldn't do anything about the goals anyway. Well, I mean, well in, right. in my opinion, what, what's the manager, do about, manager can he do about the goals? Mm. I mean, players you, make mistakes, you know, and the players make mistakes, yeah. and this is simple as that. Players have to learn from their mistakes um, you know the, just on the two older midfield players if, he, if he's going to play the Kovacic or Barkley or you know he's going to make a decision somewhere along the line or there's going to be a mixture of the three of them mm. throughout the season the sad part of that is for Tammy Abraham in, in his own perspective it's the lack of creativity in that midfield and that's, that's yeah. the big problem yeah. you know if they're going to Jorginho playing well Kante play N'Golo playing well, and <laughs> and Barkley or whoever Kovacic all playing well. Yeah. We've missing Eden Hazard. It's re heavily reliant upon Pedro, Willian, and what do you and think of Pulisic? You know, to, oh, he looked all right. Yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm like <laughs> you. Also, know I, know, I, I, I reserve know. my judgments. I, I don't look at one game and make make a decision yeah. that he looks great. But um, I, I need a little bit more time yeah. than that. Don't you think that Jorginho has the ability to be creative in that situation because he seems to play some very good passes good from, point. That, from that yeah. position? So, so would can would N'Golo play in that position and? <laughs> Jorginho gets switched around. I don't know what they do on a training field. But listen, he doesn't give much away, um, Jorginho. His passes are very crisp, um, very accurate. Mm. I don't know. Good player, but mate. He's a good I, player. What I like about Jorginho as well, and I imagine there probably was a discussion in the summer with Maurizio Sarri when he went to Juve he because of the fact that he likes him. Yeah. But the fact that Jorginho has come out and said, no, I'm going to be Jorginho, the Chelsea midfielder. I'm not, I don't want people to think that I'm Jorginho... The Sarri midfielder. Son of Sarri. Yeah, son of, yeah. Like, that's not who I am. I love that. I, I wrote an article on that very point, and I was really delighted to see him come out with that, saying, I want to do my best at Chelsea, I want to prove what a good player I am, and I believe in what Frank's up to, and, and I'm not wedded to Sarri. Could that have been because, Frank, because Sarri didn't want him? No, because no Sarri's taken no. him everywhere he's gone. Yeah, he and I believe Sarri would have took him as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. And I think, I think we're so quick now to expect so much, and this is football the way it is now, from players who come in to the Premier League, and we forget how different the Premier League is to other leagues, especially Serie A. Ah. So sometimes players take a season. They maybe take two sometimes to integrate. I remember with Alexander Kleb, who was at, yeah. who was at Arsenal, he took about two seasons to get going and then eventually got a move to, mm. to Barcelona. But Pulis Did he have Drogba? Did he, yeah. There you go. Frank yeah. Lampard. <laughs> Seriously, Frank <laughs> Lampard. Yeah. He's yeah. not agreeing with that. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 not to I'm, I'm not totally okay with year, agreement. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, he's played in a lot of different positions by certain m m the Tinker Man and, and different, you know, yeah. um, we, as we, were we everyone. Had, we had I don't Slavisa. think he did him any favours, yeah. Ranieri. We had, did anybody yeah. any favours. No, we had Slavisa Jukanovic at oh, number please, 10 please, role. Please, please, please. Remember that? Frank was out right, on the right, and and we used to call him Frank Lampost in those days because he looked like he didn't know what he was doing. He had no movement at all. And then the next season, 
he started to really get it together. That second season yeah. that he played for Chelsea, he was fantastic. I think we're so we're so Harsh quick to not give players enough time now. Oh, Even young kids, right. kids who are like 19, 20, just, get, just relax a little bit. They've got to learn their trade. And I think just quickly, sorry, John, no, no on Pulisic, I think this is a guy, and from what I've seen of him at Borussia Dortmund, not many minutes, but I've seen a few games and the USA, He's quick and he's direct. And I think regardless of how good yeah. you are, if you're quick and direct and you run at players, you run them. at defenders, yeah. it's going to cause some problems. Yeah, um, I was, was going to make a point that I, I'm not sure where Mount is playing at the moment because he took Pulisic off and he put Mount looked put, to well, be in, put him in the, the same position. Yeah, but as a winger, I didn't think that Mount was specifically... Uh, Played all um, right, though. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah. I think Mount's a really... I, I have to say, I don't think Barkley figures in this lineup because Barkley has this terrible tendency to get caught in possession and give the ball away. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not convinced... I think he'll be a squad player for the whole of the season. Really? Which, yeah. when you look at his pre-season, which is the best pre-season yeah. he's had at yeah. the club probably yeah. in a long time in his career, yeah. to think that he's now not going to be in the starting lineup no, for me, I, it's also quite a shame being a young English midfielder. You'd like to think that he'd get given that but chance. But where, where, yeah. no, where does he go? Mount, you know? Mount's a young English midfielder too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I mean, I'm not going to dive in on the back of that one. I, I wouldn't necessarily say and write off Barkley to shit. Right. Mm. I, I love him, Matt. I think he's a great little player. Listen, no, I'll tell, yeah. tell you what I want to just ask Kerry. You yeah. know, because we got him here it's nice to I think to get a yes, player's yes, get him in, yes, yes, inside yes, yes, kind of absolutely. mindset on this because you know what what we've got at Chelsea at the moment I think is a squad where they all think they're going to have a chance and if you're a player right and you're in a in a team doesn't matter who but let's say Chelsea and you, you know the manager makes you believe that you've got a chance what kind of a difference does that make to you yeah what happens is every pre-season Everyone thinks they've got a chance after whatever type of pre-season. Hence you get players not taking time off, hence you get players coming back two weeks early so that they're ahead, they get a good pre-season in. Um, the reality is the manager, after, uh, probably after about a month to six weeks, will start picking certain players more than others. And it will start to hit home that I'm not getting enough game time and then there'll start to be issues. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter. Frank will tell them, I'm sure, it's a squad game. Mm -hmm. This is the modern game. This is how we play. Everyone's going to get certain game time. But we will start to know, uh, as supporters and people looking, what's your first 11? You'll get nine of them pretty much like that. And it'll be... A it's always the uh, way, isn't it? It is well, always the way. Last year where Sarri just said he didn't want drink water and that was the end of that, Well, I think it? that's the difference, isn't it? Because actually, yeah. to be fair to Sarri, because I, we, we do have a few Sarri cultists who like to listen to this show, um, but Conte was like that too. You know, they had a squad, really, of 14 players that they wanted. Mourinho was like that when he came back. He only really liked 14, 15 of the squad. So we got a 25-man squad. So that's 10 very disgruntled players. You know they're not going to get much game time. That can't be good, can it? I think uh, certain people accept that. You know, they know when they're going to sign a contract. If you're, if you're, say, Didier Drogba is in a position mm. and Chelsea go to sign you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you get offered a certain amount of money and you sign the contract, you know Didier Drogba will get more game time than you will. Yeah. But um, you, and, you also um, know he might get injured. Yeah. And when he or, gets or and, suspended. And, and when he, and, or suspended. And when he gets fit, you'll be back out where you were. But you know that when you put, the, put your pen to paper. Sure you and, Nothing wrong with everyone saying the right thing. I want a challenge for a position. I want to fight for a position. And pre-season, we've brought it all together. Everyone thinks they've got a chance. And the reality is, they have got a chance. But some have got a better chance than most. Yeah, fair enough. Absolutely. This is the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Now, if you want to get in touch with us and ask... Mr. Dixon, a question. It's very easy to do so. 0208 70 258. You can WhatsApp us on that number as well or get us on the socials at Love Sport Radio. Right, half an hour left with Kerry Dixon. So do get in touch. It's Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. This is Love Sport.
This is Love Sport and the Chelsea Fan Show. Myself, Mike Beadle, here with the guys on the Chelsea Fancast, Stanford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd. And we are joined as well by Chelsea legend Kerry Dixon. I said before the break, if you want to get in touch, very easy to do so. 0208 725 You can WhatsApp us on that number as well or get us on the socials at Love Sport Radio. But right now, it is that time and it's not going to be Kerry Dixon this week for the Legend of the Week. See what your club legend was wearing at classicfootballshirts.co.uk. The place for football shirts. Mr. Stanford Chidge, Hello. please reveal who it will be. Well, uh, the legend of the week um, is a player that I love almost as much as Kerry Dixon. Wow. Okay. I'm saying of, something. Of exactly the same <laughs> era. Yeah, it's Pat Nevin. We Pat, as we uh, love to call him, who I've also had the pleasure of working with and meeting several times. Not, not as much as I have with Kerry, but... Uh, Pat, for me, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. I mean, Pat, Pat was brilliant for us. I mean, he turned up in 83-84, uh, scored 14 goals. But the thing about Pat was a lot of people that were around then actually started comparing him to Charlie Cook, who is the generation before me's most revered player. Mm-hmm. And very similar, Scottish, really skillful, kept the ball close to his feet. But Pat was just one of these wonderful kind of jinky, wasn't blessed with the most pace but he could beat players for fun and actually what most supporters remember about Pat I'd say two things really one is that that run against Newcastle which I'll get Kerry to explain in a minute and that penalty against Man City which is talking of Tam- what they need to show you're Tammy talking Abraham about you're talking about Pat's the legend penalty. of the week that penalty should never have been mentioned <laughs> but the other thing that for, for me and a lot of other people like me that I mean I was about kind of uh you know, just over about nineteen twenty when 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 Pat turned up, and you know I was quite thin in those days, believe it or not. I know it's hard to believe now, uh, but in those days I was, and I was into kind of the same kind of music that Pat was in, and I'd never seen a footballer, you know, who who liked the kind of music that I like playing. Yeah. I was just like, I just had this massive affinity for Pat. I oh, loved Walkman. him. He was always seen I know, with the Walkman. But he loved Joy period. Division, the cocktail, and I I talked. I mean, I we had him on at the Supporters Trust uh, SGM a, a couple of years ago, and I got I, because I'm the chairman. It was like my game, so I had the ball, uh, <laughs> and and I got to ask Pat all the questions. And the first thing I asked Pat was, "Okay, Pat, Joy Division or the Cocteau Twins?" Which for me was massive because nobody, you know, would have been all about the football. I love Pat Nevin Wasn't as a player. So brilliant that- player. If I'm right, the Cocteau Twins were written into a contract that he he wanted to sign at Chelsea yep. or something, and that yep. he in the new contract yep. that he wanted to sign, it was that he was allowed to come he off at half time and go well go go and see their gigs, go and see their gigs. Where he met where he met um, oh god, I'm having a brain fart moment. But who was the singer for um, uh, uh, you know Altered Images? Claire, Altered Grogan. Claire Grogan. Claire Grogan. He went out with Claire Grogan uh, at the he? peak of her powers. I mean, what Did a rock! He? Did he go yeah, out with man? Her? Oh, he told me all about Gre- it. At the SGM. Gregory's girl. Gregory's girl. That's it. Happy Birthday, yeah, that's right. Dead pop stars. Anyway, yeah. you know, different kind of podcast. Now. That's, I like that's it. my. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Pat Nevin for so many reasons, but ultimately, he touched Chelsea supporters' hearts really uh, for for you know his gifts as a footballer, which were absolutely brilliant. But this man to my right, mm-hmm. a not only did he play with Pat Nevin, but he scored a lot of goals thanks to him. Now, there's one one quirky fact I'm going to give you here because it's odd that we would choose Pat as a legend, but a little bit of it was me kind of fudging it because I knew Kerry was on. Kerry scored as many goals for Chelsea as Pat had appearances. 
how about that you know for you know not 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 including substitute appearances how about that 193 league appearances i should be more accurate in saying of course kerry scored 193 goals quite about that that. but what was he like to play with mate i mean he he supplied lots of goals for you didn't he yes he did uh the the forward line of uh myself david speedy and pat all different types of players um no one ever knew what pat was all about john neil knew what he was about he saw him at clyde i think it was clyde he came from and uh you know he was spotted by Ian McNeil, um, Chief Scout, who's assistant manager to John Neil. Insisted on playing Wee Pat um, on the wing. There was Clive Walker, Paul Canaville, Mickey Thomas. You know, he come a bit, a little bit later, but Pat Nevin was the standing name on the team sheet. Um, John Neil put him down every week. I don't know who he put first, but Pat Nevin was definitely up in the top three who he put first. And it was a game against Newcastle that the whole of we were an upcoming team mm. for, in in a club that was also um, a rejuvenated club, you know, by what was happening. In about a game, I think it was about November, October, November, against Newcastle, who were Keegan, Waddle, Beardsley, um, challenging for the second division. It was the big game. We were up there, Sheffield Wednesday, another team, and Manchester City were the main four. And, um, well, the big game, Newcastle were in town, and... You know, much vaunted side with their superstars. Well, we beat them 4-0, but it wasn't just the fact we beat them 4-0. I never scored, so, you know, it sticks in my brain a little bit. But everyone who was at the game who remembers the season would remember Pat Nevin. Mm. I was in the box waiting for the ball to be crossed. You think he picked it up around the halfway line. Um, well, he beat one player, he beat another player. Another one went sliding off, off into touch as he tried to get him. He cut inside, cut outside. We expected the ball to be crossed. No, it didn't. He turned back out, went back. One of the players was tracking back. He put his ball through that fella's legs. Then he went back the other way. In the end, everyone had stopped running. We are all just watching Pat Nevin. They didn't want the ball to be put into the middle. They wanted Pat to just keep beating Newcastle players. <laughs> Chelsea fans were going, wee, wee. And it was quite incredible. Their, their full-back was dizzy. And uh, he eventually got tackled. The ball never come in. Normally, myself and David Speedy would let him have it. But I think everyone was clapping. Like, it, was, it was incredible. And it, it was a wonderful run. Pat, as, a, as Pat is, would said. Sorry, chaps, I should have got it in quicker. <laughs> <laughs> At that time, Kerry, obviously he was providing a lot of goals for you. You guys had, you and, yourself, you and David Speedy had an understanding with him. He's obviously a different character. This is someone who likes the DJ, likes his music. Off the pitch, was it important to have uh, a relationship with him? Did you have a personal relationship with him, or was it very much we're about being on the pitch? Well, I think uh, I, I still have a relationship with Pat Nevin in, in terms of he's a wonderful guy, um, very polite, endearing man. Um, loved by everyone who meets him um, keeps himself to himself as a footballer he wasn't your um, architectural type he was a, uh, or he was a, uh, he was a totally obscure person he would sit in a corner he wouldn't do all the things that footballers would do he he would just do exactly what Pat Nevin wanted to do. He would you wear a suit. He'd come in in baseball boots and something that resembled a suit, jeans and and a jacket that, and a tie that looked like a belt. I mean, out of a punk era. It, it was like wedge haircut. Wedge haircut. It, it was something. There was nothing that would really say that's a footballer. 
Mm. Nothing about Pat Nevin would say that is a footballer. No, no, exactly. But you've and got that friendship with a pair like that because also because of the, the, the way that you both played together, hasn't it? That's how I always if felt you, in a team. If you've got somebody who, who knows where you're going to go and plays balls to you that, and anticipates and you've got that thing with them, it wasn't it's just, almost like you don't need to have a, a hugely social relationship with them. You've got something with oh, them. I didn't have a hugely social relationship with, 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 with any of the footballers. No, no. So, you know, I used to go home to Luton and Dunstable and have a hugely social relationship mm. with all the people back there yeah. but um you know pat nevin would have that type of um ability to do the same not just with myself and david speedy he played for scotland played for everton for five years you know he he was supplying strikers um graham sharp um, um, ali mccoist yeah. uh, mo johnson people you know great strikers in their own right and, and pat nevin was playing alongside them as was david speedy you know he was a wonderful talent but as a man, is not just about his ability on the football pitch. You meet Pat Nevin, and you find him an endearing man, mm. and uh, very bright guy. Very bright guy. Very mm. nice man. Well spoken. Principled too, mate. Actually, I think, and very principled. Yeah, Some people say at times over principled, but we're not going down that route. Um, <laughs> let's just but leave it at a wonderful man up, and yeah, a superb footballer. Yeah, he is. Well, I mean, the other thing is, you know, which I, I'd forgotten this actually, but you know, I did do some homework occasionally, but. Uh, he won. He was, you know, won Chelsea's Player of the Year twice while he was there. I mean, well, not. Yeah, I, I was second. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you remember <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, I was second to Pat, and uh, I think Speed. I, I was second to everyone. Yeah. Oh, Kerry. Did you never win Player of the Year? Never. I cannot believe that. Never. Nine years, never won it. That, that is unbelievable. Isn't it? That, that is unbelievable. Well, do you know what? It's funny you mentioned Player of the Year because that's one of the the stories. There's a couple of stories that I've I've heard from Pat Nevin. I actually met met him when I was doing a Thursday night Europa League when it was on Channel Five Thursday nights. He used it was, to do that. Didn't I mean, he? Yeah, and he, Colin like Duda. Said, yeah. Really, a real warmth yeah. from him yeah. that you don't yeah. get from a lot of no. ex pros now yeah. who are pundits. Really nice guy but he was yeah. saying he was saying a story about he was on like 180 quid or something mm. a week his rent was 100 quid he had 80 quid to, to play with he was Spend only a record yeah he was yeah. only and that's exactly what he was saying <laughs> and ken bates he just got player of the year he was one year into a two-year contract and ken bates said look we need to renegotiate your deal and it, well we don't need to but okay fine uh ken bates said right what do you want go away and have a think about it so he said he wrote a load of things on a piece of paper he came back in before ken bates had even said hello um <laughs> He'd said, he said, I want um, X amount. Ken Bates stormed out, slammed the door, drove off, left Pat Nevin in his office. At which point, Pat Nevin says, what he neglected to realise is that he'd got a boy here from the east end of Glasgow. So he did what a boy from the east end of Glasgow would do and rifled through Ken Bates' drawers in his office. <laughs> and as a result, went through every player's contract. And he said he went home that night and he calculated the average of the players' contracts. He went back in the next day and he said, right, Ken, I want, I think it was £517.50 a week. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and Ken Bates said, no chance, no one's on that. He said, I know, but that's the average. How do you know that? Well, I did this. And apparently Ken Bates turned around and went, that's brilliant. Deal, deal done. <laughs> and he said ever since they had a really mutual respect. I think that's absolutely fantastic. That's quality, man. Right, that's my, a great story. Yeah. Might, might have taught Bates a, a few story. things there as well. Never yeah. leave your doors unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. Player in there, especially yeah. with contracts. Lock his, lock his drawers, did, mate. Yeah. Did you also? Did you play in that game um, in Baghdad with the sponsorship of Golf Air? Yep. And you had to wait around for a certain someone. Is this correct? Correct. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, uh, that's it. That's it in itself. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that one there. What happens in Baghdad stays in Baghdad. Golf with a shirt sponsor. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit like my story, uh, which I don't think I 
told on air. I hope not. Probably get sued. But uh, I interviewed Brian Robson years and years ago. Yeah, I'm sure I told you this one, Matt. But uh, about the Chinese state circus because we had we had we found this documentary that was made about West Brom when they went to China on pre-season tour, and they had this uh, uh, they had this bear that was being pulled along by a dog on a trailer and then when he would like get off the trailer climb up these steps on a slide and then like a children's slide slide down it whilst blowing a trumpet and we just thought we've got to find a way to get this into the program and i got to interview robbo who who was one of i was telling you earlier a massive hero of mine i love the bl- bloke as a player yeah seriously well, i didn't no, realize that man. even though he was united i was just absolutely you know just delighted to be one of the best time. i ever played with yeah really. anyway and i was desperate to get him to talk about this to see and he wouldn't talk to me about it at all and he just he just did he did what Kerry did the whole things but i'm i'm smart so i kind of like would let him lull him back into his full sense of security and then ask him again he wasn't he wasn't having that he's too clever for me so <laughs> anyway we got to the end of the interview and then he finally told me why he wouldn't talk about it which i can't tell you on air but it <laughs> absolutely i absolutely roared with laughter and suddenly understood because he knew all the time that uh, you know that he knew what i was talking about but he just wasn't going to talk about it <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. very clever offer i'll tell you why <laughs> <laughs> uh chaps i've thoroughly enjoyed i think i could talk about this for the next two hours for crying out loud it'd be lovely but we have have to move on of course and after this we are going to be chatting to Kerry Dixon about his life and times at Chelsea FC your news your views your voice love sport radio your fan station follow at love sport radio on twitter for all the latest news views competitions and the best bits from your favorite station love sport the station giving fans a voice this is the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport with the guys from the Chelsea Fancast and Kerry Dixon. We've got about 12 minutes left, so we're going to take the opportunity to pick Kerry Dixon's brains and just find out what it was like at Chelsea, what his thoughts are of the current crop and just any bit of nostalgia that we can that we can latch on to. Kerry, I would like to know, I guess, who the best player was that you played with at Chelsea? Yeah, uh, this is always a, yeah, I mean, you get asked these questions time and time again and over the years it, it's got to a stage whereby I say the best player, who was the best player? I played with many, many great players and I, I great players and many, many good players and many players that suited my style like David Speedy, Pat Nevin were both, as we've already mentioned, suited to, to me. David Speedy was the best strike partner I played alongside. And I played alongside Gary Lineker, I played alongside Tony Cotley, I played alongside Peter Beardsley. You know, all of these people, Gordon Jury, David Speedy was compatible with me. I played with Tony Adams as an under-23, I was an overage player. Tony was the greatest player I ever played against, in my opinion. But then Hanson and Lawrenson were good. Um, you know, Pallister and Bruce at United were good. Um, I also played alongside... My room partner with England, John Barnes, much underrated as far as I was concerned. I thought he was a wonderful talent who was in a battle for England caps, if you like, with Chris Waddle, who was also a great player. And then you've got Glenn Hoddle, Brian Robson, Peter Shilton. You say, who was the best player? How can you pick who was mm-hmm. the best player? Who, you know, to try and pick a best player out of all of that, you know, you can't compare Shilton with Lineker. Mm-hmm. You know, 48 goals one end and I think a 1,000 games and God knows how many appearances for, for England, 150 or something, or 125. Unbelievable, Peter Shilton. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's numerous. The best is impossible. The best strike partner, David Speedy, because he was compatible. Why was he so compatible, Kerry? Because he could do all the things that I wasn't so good at very well and I could do all the things that he wasn't so good at 
very well. So together, the partnership worked very well. I have this, this, this lovely image, I think I've told you this before, of being in the North Stand and watching, and there's the ball being being played to, to, to Speedo and him, then just uh, heading the ball for you, and you'd anticipated beautifully and just ran onto it and just slotted it See, home. you've already mentioned role reversal. You, you know, the, the thought pattern would have been, and it sometimes worked, uh, that the bigger man would win the flick on. In them days, you know, Eddie his vest, you would drive the ball, there'd be a flick on, you'd beat the centre half, and the other partner, the strike partner, would, would run on and it'd be the little man. But it's, he didn't. He David like Speedy was five foot seven, yeah. <laughs> and he, he was beating six foot players in the air, yeah. and I knew he would beat them in the air, so my anticipation would be off, and, you know, and that, that was just one of the comparisons. There were so many things, Speedy, I knew what he was going to do, and, uh, and I, you think he wasn't going to win a ball. I knew he'd slide into a thing, uh, a tackle, win, a, win the ball off of full-backs, and you know, so you're anticipating an enormous amount because what I always feel with 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 recent Chelsea centre forwards is there's no anticipation. They're, they they're all a bit bit stuck on the edge of the penalty area and instead of thinking, well, I, you know, I'll go for this. Got the possibility of getting well, it. If I don't get it, I don't get the, it. But. The annoying thing about modern football is it, it, it's always it, the Italian, I call it syndrome, has, has come in with a European coach and it's keep the football. And listen, I understand. Keep the ball. Keep the ball at all costs. They all come they all come short. They want the ball to feet. Lay it off past. Lots of passing, sometimes overpassing. He could still score a goal, like I've said earlier about Tammy Abraham, and I hope it comes back and, you know, leave a ball up the outside of a, a slow centre-half. What's wrong with that? No. You know, the centre-forward runs past. No, there's a... There's an asset, there's a talent in, it, in, being, in having the pace, but if you're not going to use it... That's good enough for Didier Drogba, wouldn't it? You're strong, you're Didier. <clears throat> and, and, and Costa and, was another uh, kind of player like that. Everyone's got their own assets mm. and strengths. The anticipation and, and the understanding of the other players around them mm. make it all compatible, and the more compatible it is, the better it looks and the better it works. Did you practice that with him? Was it no. just something instinctively that happened between the two of you? Yeah. You just get this look at a player closely, you see what he does, he knew what I would do. People, Mickey Hazard had the same thing. They weren't going We had coaching session where they said to me, feign to go to the far <laughs> post and make runs to the near yeah. post. I was never going to the near post. You know, I was at the far post. And Pat Levin and, and Mickey Hazard and people, David Speedy, would leave the ball. I'd just leave the ball up in the air above the centre-half. I would come from behind and, and I would outleap that centre-half. It, it wasn't rocket science. It, was, a, it mm. was knowing that if you left the ball in the right area, that particular person had an asset that he would do that. Mm. And it worked vice versa. And you needed the accuracy as well of the... Uh, oh, uh, of the, the, the ability and the skill of the player and the individual yeah. to do that. Yeah to give the other player the opportunity and the skill to show what he can do. Yeah. Which I think is lacking at the moment, among, at Chelsea at the moment, actually. There's the, the pinpoint crossing isn't there as it should be. They don't cross anymore. Well, the the centre-forward has disappeared. Don't. And they, they don't. I mean, it's really interesting. You know, I was mentioning I was watching that 88-89 uh, season on, on, on DVD you your pocket. last night. Yeah. I was having a clear-out, and I found all these old DVD, you know, hooky DVDs, basically, that I bought at the CFC UK store. <laughs> but I, I forgot, I forgot... Uh, you know, what a good player. Kevin McCall, I was just saying to Kerry early on, some of the crosses he was putting in for you, and uh, it was Gordon Jury that season. Kevin Wilson, Gordon Kevin Jury, Wilson, yeah. yeah, were absolutely brilliant. You think, good God, if he was playing today, you know, he'd, he'd well, be very sought after. Do you know what, on that, it's interesting. I'd love to, to hear your thoughts on this, Kerry, about how you feel like you would compare with players that are how you think you'd fare I guess in the Premier League today and back in your day you're talking about yourself and Speedy you had the two nowadays you obviously either have the three or maybe the one that duo of the Sutton and Shearers and the you know the Sheringham and Ferdinands doesn't doesn't happen anymore does it 
as no, much. It no, it doesn't. I mean, as I said, the game's changed. How would we fare? It's, it's the old thing. Could you play today? I, 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 you know, I said in a previous show with Dave and that. They say, could I play today? Well, do you think Gary Lineker could get in Chelsea's team today? Do you think that, um, say, Peter Beardsley would, would get a game today? Do you think Brian Robson would play today? <laughs> what do you think? And then you ask me, would Kerry Dixon, would I get a game? I'll leave that. For, I'll leave that to you. But the answer would be the same on every one. Better than Higuain, mate. Now, <laughs> you know, at, at your age. So yeah. could I play today? They say <laughs> the game's got quicker. The game's got faster. The game. Goodness me. Well, I think, <laughs> I, and I was worried that I was going to... Would gonna, Gary Lineker get yeah. a game today? I mean, come on. Mm. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm glad that's the... I didn't want to disrespect you, in a sense, by asking you that question, but there's the argument, isn't there, from so many people that football only started in 1992 because rubbish, that's when the man. Premier League started. But, and but I guess you're... 92, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. And, but, and when you're... I mean, I know you played into the 90s, but oh, you played I've had in, that before. This is an argument I've had. They expunged all the records of great players, and, you know, the players are in the top 10 of this and top 10 of that of Premier League players they wouldn't even be in the top 50 of, uh, if they'd done all players well but this goes right back to what you were saying earlier I mean Kerry owned, you got 8 caps for England didn't you mm. um, 4 goals and yeah this is a, this is a guy I, I won't embarrass him again or I'll try not to but Kerry was with us for 9 seasons 5 of those seasons he scored over 20 goals mm. now you look at the Premier League now and look how much you know value is placed upon a striker who can bag you over 20 goals a season look how few there are Kerry only got eight caps for England, and he's one of the best strikers in the country by a country mile, and yet he was up against uh, Gary Lineker. No, who, were, who were the top Wood, strikers then? Well, Woodcock, Mariner, Trevor yeah. Francis, yeah. Um, Tony Cotty, um, Ian Wright, um, Peter Beardsley, Mark Hately, um, All of Tony them, Cotty, yeah. Clive Allen. Oh. All of whom were scoring Steve, over 20 goals in the Steve season Ball. for their clubs. Yeah, they, all got, they all got England cap. Mick Arthur, Brian Steen, yeah. and, you know, there's loads of them. Loads of them. How many have we got now? Mm. Harry Kane. Yeah. Exactly. You know, Marcus Rashford, maybe. You know, he's going to get game time this season. Maybe this season, yeah. But, but there are many, you know. He's consistently scoring 20-plus goals in the league. So, qualitatively, yeah. Matt, mm -hmm. there's a case to be made saying football was a lot better in Well, it's, it's really interesting to hear the theories as well, in that it's not, I mean, you use the term, it's not rocket science. And if you put that to a Pep Guardiola or a modern-day manager, they, they absolutely shake their head. They go, absolutely, no, there's would, so much they theory would, to they it. They would but sometimes do, wouldn't they? We, we overthink the yeah. game. Right? I without, think skill, is, skill is skill. Quality is quality. Talent is talent. I, we, you know, watching uh, when it was your birthday the other week, they had, so Chelsea put up a brilliant uh, kind of montage of some of your goals, and they had the two you scored against Man United. Remember those? Yeah, the away game. But the, yeah, the one that in the last minute, yeah, and, yeah. and and you hit that first time. Speedo ball yeah. came mm. through, and you hit it. You just beautifully hit it first time. Straight went like a dart straight in the mm. corner, all the way along the ground. You know, he can play now. <laughs> Easily, that because it's just natural, natural goal scorer. Well, I believe that you know the only thing that's changed is the pitch is uh, well, so much better. The, yeah. ball, the, the ball is, is obviously better. You know, um, a fitness level <coughs> bigger now. Do you think the athleticism? You don't? Don't think so, no. And I don't think they're overpacing yet. I, as I said before, I, drink I, I, less, I could run 100, 100 yards in under eleven seconds. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. pacey. Yeah. Be a good race, me and Tammy Abraham. He's not bad. He's quite quick. Yeah. I think I think he might just have the edge on you now, but only well, you, just, mate. Well, only just now. <laughs> Me at now. <laughs> Stamford Bridge is another one that's quite interesting. A very very different place to the ground that that you played at. 
different different atmosphere, just a, the whole different dimensions of the ground. I, I, this is probably I don't want to ask you questions that you've always been asked, but we discussed it outside for a little bit in terms of the cars that were around the ground. <laughs> it amazes me that, and I don't know whether there was a story of a window being smashed or anything like that. Did that ever happen when you were playing? Oh, I'm not sure. It might have been a Nigel Spackman shot at goal. <laughs> 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 I'm not quite sure. Um, it could have been, or, or attempted pass by someone. But uh, no, um, I can't remember many of the cars getting smashed. But you're right. There were the pensioners' cars, and uh, you know, um, they parked in a very dangerous position. They thought it was safe, but some of the players we were playing. I mean, John, a John Cody attempted cross or something like that. It could, you know, the cars were in danger. Drug um, roofy clearance. Uh, drug roofy yeah. clearance. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of stuff could be happening. <laughs> But uh, no, uh, you know, the atmosphere is different, and I've got to say, the atmosphere on certain games was better. Mm. Really, mm. Yeah. in certain games was better, even though it had a larger area and so on. That's not a knock to the current fans or anything like that. In certain games, the general atmosphere is better now because it's a closer proximity mm. to the pitch. Yeah. But certain games, and they were up for it. They could be miles away over, over here in the shed mm-hmm. and in the benches and in the West End, but they were up for it and the, the, the noise and the anticipation and the fervour would get to the players and you would know you're in a game. And we've got about a minute and a half left, chaps. Cheers, I kind of want to put this to you and, and kiddo yourself as well. Any really fond memory that you want to finish on with Kerry Dixon? Goodness gracious me. <laughs> it's you scoring at Arsenal. Yeah, Highbury, it, 84. It's, it's the, yeah. it's the, it's the, it's the main memory that, that yeah. mine as well, I have to say. Well, and, yeah. the, and, and we were talking about this earlier, that, that weirdly, Kerry was playing for Luton at the time, but the 1994 FA Cup semi-final, when Chelsea won 2-0, and uh, we all cheered Kerry off, singing one Kerry Dixon, there's only one Kerry Dixon. Without shadow of this doubt. is right after the whistle, when we've just got into yeah. our first FA Cup final yeah. for 25 years, 24 years. And, you know, we were thinking about him because we love him. It was a great moment, yeah. (laughs) Indeed. There is only one Kerry Dixon. Kerry, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much, chaps, and uh, good luck and the rest of the show. And thanks to all the listeners. Lovely. No problem, mate. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is Love Sport. Well, I don't know if we can top that. An hour with Kerry Dixon reminiscing on his time at Chelsea. That was absolutely fantastic stuff. But we have got another hour with the guys from the Chelsea fancast, Stanford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd. We are going to reflect on the opening day defeat to Manchester United. Because believe it or not, we have not done that yet. And then we're going to look ahead to the game against Leicester City. Jake Watson is going to be on the line to discuss all of that and just a bit more about what's in store for Chelsea after those first two games of the season. It's Chelsea fans. The pensioners are back, but with no walking sticks in sight. They're carefree, wherever they may be. They're the famous CFC. Blue is their colour and football is their game. If you come to Stamford Bridge, you'll remember their name. It's the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport. Hello, it's the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. Myself, Matt Beadle, with the guys from the Chelsea Fancast, Stanford Chid and Jonathan Kidd. If you want to get in touch with us and put a question to the guys, to speak to the guys, to moan at the guys and tell them that they don't know what they're talking about. That's 0208-7020-558. Get in touch on the socials at Love Sport Radio. You can also WhatsApp us on that number, 0208-7020-558. Right, guys, we are going to talk. We're going to go back and talk about last weekend, the Man United result. 4-0 in Frank Lampard's first game in charge. There are a few stats here. And I'm going to get them out of the way to begin with. Biggest defeat by United since 1965. Worst Premier League managerial debut since Poyet at Sunderland. That was when they were beaten 4-0 by Swansea, 2013. Biggest defeat a Chelsea manager had endured in his first game since Danny Blanchflower. No. Apparently so. No. More, okay, what was the Danny Blanchflower then? 7-2 by Middlesbrough. That's not true. Brilliant. It was I, not an what, opening day match. This is why we're here. Blooming no, in his, Joe. No, in his first game, though. Not an opening oh, day. Danny that, okay, that's game. okay. Fair yeah, play. Yeah, well, that, that yeah, yeah, all right. However, I'm going to flip this on its head. It's the biggest defeat. The biggest defeat uh, well, the last time we shipped four on the opening day was against Liverpool in 1970. 69? No, 1970. When, okay. funnily enough, we won the FA Cup that season. There you go. Yeah. What did I tell you about the United stat? The only team to lose on the opening day of the season and still win yep. the Premier League three times they've You'll done win that nothing with kids there you go Indeed. absolutely so there you go but Chelsea have more possession yep. more corners more shots yep. more yep. shots on target so listen before you know United scored the second goal Chelsea were very much in that game you've hit the woodwork yep. over the course of three yep. over the course of the two games now that one and the Super Cup game so like we said in the first hour of this show things are still positive right there was a bit of doom and gloom after last week it was, I was very doomed and gloomed by it and I, I tell, you, tell you someone who didn't help the cause and I don't want to dwell on him because he shouldn't get airtime is Jose Mourinho who sort of went for Lampard a bit didn't he and he said he shouldn't have played Mason Mount and if William was well, sort of half fit, he expect, should be playing what do you expect from a complete and utter pathological narcissist <laughs> there you go absolutely that and that is a clinical definition <laughs> But Lampard hit, me later. Lampard hit out a bit of that, didn't he? he snapped, Good for him. He snapped it. I, I think uh, I read an article this week which was even more interesting because it, it was really intimating the fact that uh, Lampard, A, learns quickly and has B, learnt from Mourinho in the way that he's learnt how to deflect uh, away from the players. Mm. 
and make him or uh, uh, another story the issue or the story and i think that that bodes very well for the future providing he doesn't become a raging narcissist like Mourinho. but i don't think there's any chance of that and providing he doesn't have to find things to deflect from because it, it's indeed. better if we're winning obviously. Is, frank lampard is actually one of his greatest strengths is his humility absolutely something that, a word that is alien to even Mourinho, who speaks five languages and you're seeing that in his interviews as well. And he was quite honest. Yeah. He's been quite honest after both honest. games. And yeah. he said, you know, football's won and lost in the boxes. Yeah. We, United were clinical. They put their chances away. He made away. no we excuses, didn't. did he? I mean, it was no. fine margins, Matt, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, as I think that's what you were alluding to. But I think we, we talked about this on Monday's show, didn't we? The one thing that really concerned me most was the implosion. You know, where, where we, we went from 2-0 down to 4-0 down very quickly. And you and I, I mean, I was doing the show mm. in here on Sunday afternoon, you were popping in now and again. And, and you know, you, you were saying at the time, you said, oh, God, Chidge, because you could see the horror on my face while I was broadcasting, <laughs> which is, you know, there are people that have yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest, so you could see the horror <laughs> on my face. But Matt was saying, Chidge, this could be a real, I mean, this could be five, six, seven. It was mm. looking like that. And I think Jonathan and I were saying this on Monday, that we were worried about the implosion. And actually, the thing is, the ability for Chelsea teams to implode uh, is not a current problem. It's not even last season's problem under Sarri when it happened. It, it was happening when Conte was in charge. So, and I wonder if it's about uh, a lack of two things, really. Not character, because I think they showed they have character by coming back against Liverpool on Wednesday. I think it's a lack of leadership, uh, possibly experience, and also physicality. I think Chelsea still get bullied off the ball a lot, and United are a great big lump of a side some of your players are big mm. physical units and i do want wonder about that and this is of course a legacy really of chelsea post 2013 when we started to try and be barcelona light and you know we need some big old lumps like like we had with balak and sen and mikel rumor loft cheek I'm, of course i'm not even sure if it was if it was as as complicated answer, as Sorry, that no. actually i was worried that that he he changed the pattern, Solskjaer, so that they defended a bit more. Well, they and, just avoided the and, midfield. And they, yeah, and they, they just broke unbelievably quickly, and we didn't deal with it because we, we were pushed up. No, we don't deal with No, we didn't deal and with it at all. We haven't dealt with counter-attacking for many a season. I think, sorry, Matt, there are, there are a few other things that we talked about, weren't there? And I think one of them is that there are a lot of current issues, which I would call legacy issues, not being able to counter-attack, being, uh, deal with counter-attacking teams being one of them, the physicality stroke leadership well, I, being I another, perhaps. it wouldn't be the case if, if Kante was playing because in the yeah. in United game, because he's very on the ball for that, unless he's playing terribly far forward, which mm. we found out on several occasions when, when Sarri had him mm. in, uh, um, had him playing further forwards, but uh, but I thought that, that in fact that the, 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 the goal that um, when Dave was off the pace, when the ball was booted down from Pogba to Rashford, uh, I'm not convinced. I think if Kant had been there, he'd have beaten him to it. He'd have got back. Mm. It, and but we were then worried about Dave being found out. Dave had a very fine game against Liverpool, didn't he? He did. I want. Do you know what was going through my mind then? What? You'll love this. I, I think that we've missed an opportunity by not having a song for Aspilicueta. You know, on the lines of Dave is on the road again. Yes, you know, yes. Dave is on the flanks yes, again. Yes, Dave is, Dave back is on giving handouts again. now, <laughs> which he was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Poor old Aspi. Uh, I, there's a real debate about whether whether he's getting a bit past his sell-by. Well, he mentioned Reese James twice, didn't he? He uh, did. Um, Frank uh, Lampard. Been a great servant at Chelsea. He has but been a great everybody's servant. Everybody's time comes, I, and I wonder if it might have done. And you always seemed... It's almost not 
as if there's a, a gradual decline. There always just seems to be two or three moments throughout a season where you suddenly go, oh, is that's not quite right. And I have to say that Marcus Rashford goal, when he was put through by Pogba, and listen, great ball, great, ball, great, great, ball. great break, but... I couldn't believe he was allowed to get a shot away. I know that Aspie went on the wrong side of him, but still, yeah, but, just get, get a tackle. I, I, I'm less worried about that. I okay. thought that was just an absolutely brilliant class goal. I was more worried about the Martial goal where he let him go and he let him get in front of him. That's criminal as a defender. Mm. Criminal. And, and the, the, the stat when, in fact, he'd given the ball away. Well, they're 22, 22 times, times. I know, which is frightening. I love, I love Dave, uh, uh, so I hope it's not uh, the beginning of the end. But you, it might more be, like the end of the beginning. It might be that you know within Frank's team, he 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 doesn't figure it. If if Frank is going to make Frank this evolve, you know, yeah. Yeah, he'll 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 just I say, think, "I'm yeah, sorry, it's you know, not, you're not going to be in it." Frank, Frank, yeah, but I think going back to what we were saying earlier when Kerry was on, I don't think Frank will just discard people and, no, and throw no, them no, away. No, no, but I think Frank will pick who he thinks is playing best at yeah. that moment in yeah. time. And yeah. I think he said some lovely things about Mason Mount. Uh, this week in response to Mourinho's criticism of Mount that you know I'm watching what people are doing on the training pitch I don't care who you are if you're putting it in for me on the training pitch and you look good you're going to get a get a chance to start but Marty the, that's a point that Kerry once made that he said it didn't actually matter if you played on well, the tr- training uh, pitch there is a there is, era. There is that a, era yeah. there are a certain number of players who will be picked yeah. regardless whereas yeah. I'm not convinced that's the, the case now in this in this world you have to actually put your I think put you your do. time in yeah you do because it's very it's, it's very very competitive and you've got 25 players willing to play it'll be very very interesting to, to, to see uh, what happens but I do I do I, I, I just quick just very very quickly sorry Chich That's on right. Azpilicueta I know that we're saying he's maybe coming to the end he's still there's only 29 Azpilicueta now I guess the argument is that he's played you know 35 plus games for the past 4 or 5 seasons mm. so is it that he's no, simply try 60 playing to, well yeah sorry because, I'm, I'm Premier League games As- of course Aspie, yeah. Aspie you know hardly ever misses a game hmm hardly ever misses a game I mean this is the thing he's been a real stalwart for us but you know he's been there now for six years he turned up in 2013 didn't he after we won the Champions League you know he's been there a long time Um, you know as I said who knows everybody's different you know some people can go on until they're 36 some people it comes to them earlier I mean we remember we were talking about Branner weren't we Branner who had been an absolute legend for the club uh, but he just suddenly fell off a cliff one season and and when he ran he looked like he was running backwards you know, it can happen. I don't know if Aspilicueta is quite there yet, but I think we're beginning to see signs. But frankly, until Rhys James is fit, he's, his place is secure because I can't see anybody else coming in to well, take his there place. Isn't anybody there else, isn't anybody yeah. Well, that's it, that centre-back yeah. role. I mean, the centre-back role in particular, Kurt Zuma. What are your thoughts there? Are you think Terrible he's... against United, mm-hmm. brilliant Terrible. against Liverpool. Yeah, mm. Fine against Liverpool. But you see, I think this is an interesting point as well. We are going to see this, I think, all season. You know, I think there will be a rate of progression. But when you play youngsters, they are going to make mistakes and they are going to be terribly inconsistent. And I think one week we're going to be brilliant and I think the next we could be an absolute car crash. And I think that's what we're going to see this season. I was season. intrigued that Tamori came on and looked really Didn't good. Didn't he look great? Yeah. I mean, he struggled a bit to begin with, but he got he got his head round. I think he's a cracking potential player. But it may, it's beginning to make sense why Louise went if he's got yeah. four, four centre-halves and I he's interested in problem. playing them. Look, I love Louise. Yeah. Um, we but, all do. But completely. a lot of these players, I would say, I would call them bed blockers. You know, they they just will stay and stay and stay. And I don't blame them. They get paid a huge amount of money. They they you know they've had a lot of success at the club. But you know, I think we're at that stage now where they need to go, and these youngsters need to to be given the chance because this is the only time it's I think possibly the only time it might ever happen. And if you're over thirty and you're still earning a wage at Chelsea and you're perhaps not as good as you were, then you are bed blocking. Is there any room for William? 
because Pedro played fantastically. He did. Having and w- been awful against again, United. Well, he's got no excuse for being inconsistent at his age and experience no. and considering what he's won. But it's all it's up to William, isn't it? And I, I, I personally hold the view that with Hazard gone, it will go one or two ways with William. Either he's got a chance to really make that position his own, come out from under Hazard's shadow, play in the position that he prefers and be the world-class talent that he should be, or he won't. But the bottom line is right now he's got Pulisic right behind him saying, give me a chance, give me a chance. Chance, give me a chance. Pulisic can play on the right as well, can't yep. he? Where, uh, where, does, um, well, you've got Hudson Odoi coming and, back and Adoy and, in a month. Uh, hey, and and cheek. Exactly. Well, Blimey. this is where you were talking about that cre- creativity in midfield earlier. I mean, that is where it's going to come from. Well, I also thought I, I, I think Kerry was being a bit unfair on on Jorginho actually, who I think is a very creative player. He, he's got a very good vision. But yes, Cheek's ability to hold the ball is also something that is without physicality. Uh, yeah, with, with, with going what I was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a, options, a, mate. Yeah, huge, excellent options. And I, I think um, Cheek should be playing for England all the time. Actually, ultimately, when he gets back in the, the team, the only he's thing, a yeah, the only very, wor- very good talent. The only worry I have about Ruben is is his you know tendency to. To get injured I, I i think that his his he's got the back problem well him, yeah. yeah you see if it is the back i think because i mean because he's done his uh, achilles didn't he but it could be related to the back well achilles I, I think as well, that's, i mean from my knowledge of back injuries yeah. um you know basically it it's all, your glutes it's, as well well it all stems from mm. there you know so you can have this back niggle and it can lead to other things getting weaker and getting Spackman injured. Spackman had that very problem. Backman or Spackman? Spackman. But Spackman. I love Nigel Spackman. Was that the chant? Yeah. It was. It was. Brilliant. You've never heard that before? No, I haven't. That's great. Yeah. I heard Man United used to sing for Jap Stam. That was one oh, of them. really? Yeah, that was one of the early ones, and then it t- turned into the... Y- we had another one, actually, now. on that theme, which was just as good, which was... Stanich. Stanich. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. Mario yes. Stanich. I yeah. loved him. Yeah. He's a he scored a wonderful, wonderful goal against Sunderland. West Ham. Wasn't West, it? West, West Ham. West, West Ham. Ham. Yeah. And never scored a goal like that no. again. He scored two. Scored two in his debut. Yeah, two in his yeah. debut. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Anyway. I'm hearing from our producer, Max, as well, that apparently Crystal Palace did that with Batshuayi, Batman. Batman Batshuayi, so uh, but maybe you could bring it back. Crystal Palace are rubbish at everything. <laughs> uh, we basically came up with Batshuayi, aha, aha, I like it, aha, aha. That's a song. Brilliant, that, that is absolutely a song. Will you be chanting this weekend? You have Leicester City, a first win of the Premier League season, hopefully for the Blues. We are going to be chatting to Leicester's very own Jake Watson about that. Come for the sport. Stay for the chat. Love Sport Radio. This is the Chelsea Fan Show on Lost Sport. Myself, Matt Beadle, here with the guys from the Chelsea Fan Cast, Stanford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd. Kiddle. Oh, yeah. I was slightly late then, wasn't I? <laughs> You're slightly late. You had a bit of a delay. Deliberately, there. no, deliberately. Oh, deliberately. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, to just throw me off. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Well, chaps, we've already said Leicester this weekend. Brendan Rogers returning to Stamford Bridge. Never won, never beaten Chelsea, in fact. 12 games. Wow. Six draws and six defeats. But Leicester looking ahead to what may be a bright campaign this season under Brendan Rodgers. I'm delighted to say that we've got Love Sports' very own Jake Watson on the line to discuss all of that. How are you doing, Jake? Very good evening, chaps. How are we? We're, we're well, thank you. Very good to have you on, boss. What's, no, uh, what's, what's going to happen at the weekend? Talk to us. <laughs> um, I have absolutely no idea, which is of no real help and, and use to you guys. <laughs> okay, you know, thanks, thanks coming on, mate. Let's talk to you, Jake. We'll speak to you next yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun as always, chaps. No, in all seriousness, it's, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Because um, Chelsea's two games, they've, they've lost. Um, 
that 4-0 was incredibly harsh at Manchester United and the suggestions and thoughts that they could and should have beat Liverpool and for Leicester we played Wolves and we drew 0-0 and it was pretty boring um, should have lost Jake if, if that you know if that yeah, goal oh, was 100, stood. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it should have stood it, it's yeah. a ridiculous wall. no 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 that's a debate for another day kid no no Jonathan no, that's a debate for another day let's not get stuck into VAR <laughs> okay um, <laughs> thanks but, but, but we were playing we, we were playing a Wolves team right who'd obviously had Europa League games already so we, we were kind of stuck there thinking well they're going to be tired you know like we saw with, with Burnley last season but actually Wolves were a lot more kind of sharper than what we were. It looked like it was our first game of the season. And we ended up just cancelling each other out. So to be honest, I don't really know where, where Leicester are at. And we're not too sure at the moment whether Chelsea are, are any better under Frank Lampard at the moment than what they were at the back end of last season. So honestly, to predict this one at the weekend is, is, is pretty impossible. But I think it'll be a relatively entertaining game, significantly more so than the Leicester Wolves one anyway. Um, yeah, I think that's a, absolutely sound as a pound, Jake. That, that analysis of it. Um, here's the thing: you've lost Harry Maguire. You've got this uh, young young Turkish lad. I'm doing my best Brian yeah. Clough here because there's no hope of me pronouncing his name as you well. That there, yeah, him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, is he any good? Is he is he going to make up for losing Harry Maguire, who actually, after the performance against Chelsea last week for Man United, looks looks cheap at seventy five million or eighty million? Uh, yes, he will do. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, we were a little bit nervous about how he was going to do because obviously there is going to be a lot of attention on him. You know, if you're going to sell a player for, for £80 million or a record fee, then whoever's going to replace him has, has got a big boost to fill. Um, Sionchu was brought in last season from the Bundesliga and previously, you know, Man City and, and Arsenal were sniffing around him. He's always been a, a really talented player, but the problem was when, when he came in was that he couldn't speak a word of English and he took a long, long time to settle and obviously we then had Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans. So he struggled to get a kick last season, but when he did play, he looked like a really good footballer, but incredibly rash, incredibly raw. And there was still that fear that when he came in, he was still the same player. Now, in terms of liking him to anyone, it's a decent shout really for someone like David Luiz. Like he's a wonderful footballer technically. You know, he could play in midfield as well, but you know, he, he has got a bit of a mistake in him. He was really good against Wolves, but there was, there was one occasion uh, we ended up doing a Cruyff turn in the 18-yard box. Now, it came off, um, but he is one of them that he played well, but next week he could end up kind of having an absolute shocker. Or, or being brilliant, but just having one really costly mistake. So I really like him as a player, but yeah, he, he, he's got big boots to fill, and probably he won't quite be at the Maguire level, but potentially, potentially, he could be a top Premier League defender for sure. So, Jake, can I ask you, you I, I got the impression you were saying that neither team played very well towards the end of last season. Did you not say that? Because I, I thought that um, that Leicester started to get excellent under Rodgers and, uh, and also Chelsea were much, much better against Leicester because that was the form that took them into the uh, um, the Europa well, League final. Yeah. And, and they and got us in the top four. Yeah, because I remember prophesying at the time that I thought that Chelsea played so well against Leicester that um, I wasn't surprised that they... That I thought they were going to win the, the Europa League final easily and I was I was proven correct but I thought under Rodgers that you'd gone on a, a really terrific run and you looked a very good side have they are they not looking as are they not um, uh, showing that promise at the moment even after one no. game no no I say that my, my point was originally just on, on the one opening game itself Leicester looked kind of undercooked and it looked like our first game of the season oh, Wolves I see. Right, looked right. a lot, lot sharper than this. so I said it's just quite hard to judge Leicester on, on the basis of that one game but yeah you're right uh, Jonathan, the, the back end of last season under Rodgers, we were, we were really good. We didn't want the season to end, um, to be honest. You know, if we feared if it had gone on for another four or five 
games. We, we could have snuck in and, and got that seventh place as, a, as opposed to Wolves and be playing in the Europa League as opposed to them. So, no, look, everything under Brendan Rodgers is incredibly um, kind of positive. Um, everyone Everyone's excited. And to be honest, I think everyone's a little bit too excited. Lots of talk about us you know, perhaps breaking into the top six or Europe. I think it's all very premature. I think it's a really exciting team. It's a really young team. Um, it's a very small team as well. I think the team will get better and better as the season goes on, and perhaps yeah, not they'll get season, bigger but, as the season well, they might goes do, on. Because they're young, so they'll yeah, grow. They grow. Yes, you know. <laughs> well, they need to because honestly, you look at you look at the team physically. You've got you had Harry Maguire in there, so if you're going to do any set piece. You've seen it with England as well. Just ping it in the back place. Maguire peels off, nods it back across, and, and, and hope to pick up pieces. Now we've got absolutely no one over the height of six foot. I mean, I think Johnny Evans is the tallest, and, and even Johnny Evans is, is, is his, his biggest kind of attribute, isn't it? His physical presence, is it? Um, so it's a very small team. It's a very you know, physically weak one, a very talented and nice team to watch. But I do worry about us away from home, um, and I do worry about some of the, some of the bigger sides. I think if, if you want to play a game of football, get the ball on the deck and it'd be an open game, Leicester will probably come out on top more often than not. But if it starts getting a kind of a, a bit a bit tough and a bit physical, they might get bullied out by a few. And I think that'd be a decent way for Chelsea if they want to beat Leicester this yeah. weekend to, well, to go I, you, about You could say the same about Chelsea. In yeah. fact, we were earlier on, Jake, that I think that, you know, the, the, there's still a legacy at Chelsea of the policy to kind of become Barcelona light by getting kind of small mm. tick-attacker type players. Yeah. We, we, we haven't got a plan B and that became really apparent against Wolves that, you know, they, they sat in um, and they played the three centre-halves, the, the three-five-two, and they just forced us out wide and we could not break them down. We, I think we, we yeah, Leicester completed the most passes out of any side in the Premier League at the weekend. But I think we registered one shot on target, and that was a pot shot from from, Harry, uh, from Harvey Barnes from from outside the area. So we we did not test Patricio in the Wolves' goal whatsoever. We had all the ball, played nice football, but from an hour from an hour in, we could tell that we had to change something mm. unless the game was going to end nil nil. And, and from eighty minutes, you sat there knowing that nobody was going to score score a goal. There's no one on the bench in terms of changing things up you know, if we wanted to throw on someone like Islam Slamani or, or, or just anyone that there isn't that plan B you know it's a, it's a nice team they're all young exciting footballers but you're just swapping winger for winger or you know number 10 for number 10 so you know if Leicester if things aren't going their way in the game if it's completely relying on, on an individual bit of brilliance if that makes sense for, yeah. for them to come on and do better than the person playing in their position we were unable to kind of change a formation or, or, or bring on you know someone to completely stir up things you know like an Andy Carroll that kind of thing it's a bit like Surrey last year actually it's I, the same thing I have to say Jake I know you said there that people are perhaps getting a bit too excited I'm probably one of yeah. those I'm one to be honest and when we all do our predictions at the start of the season and everybody feels out that what they think the Premier League table is going to be and who's going to win the FA Cup and the Golden Boot and all the rest of it I have to say that I had Leicester, and people might balk at this. Above who? Above who, though, Matt? This is this is the thing. Everyone, everyone's saying Leicester could do it. Fine, you know. I think it's a nice team. It's a really exciting team. Great manager. But looking at that top six, look what Arsenal ends up doing in the end in the transfer window. Look what Man United ends up doing, and look at Chelsea's squad. Spurs, Liverpool, Man City. There's nowhere they're dropping out of it. Tell me who Leicester are going to finish above there. Mm. It's a very good question. So in terms of those, the, the summer business then, I mean, you said that Arsenal have obviously had a great window. Dennis Pratt is obviously coming in from Sampdoria mm. as well, hoping that he's going to make an impact. Is he likely to play this weekend? Um, I don't think so, no. Um, Dennis Pratt, he will basically be um, one of our kind of midfield options. So the, the, the midfield three kind of picks itself 
with Ndidi, um, Tielemans and Madison. And the problem was that after those three, there wasn't really anyone. If you're going to play three central midfielders, you need at least two on the bench who are of a similar level because you can't expect those three to play every single week. We had Hamza Chowdhury um, and everyone else is kind of that they're not part of Rogers' plan, so we needed to bring another midfielder. So that's where Dennis Pryor went in. The big thing we didn't do, which I, I really wanted us to do, was instead of going out and buying a defender to replace Harry Maguire, because I always had faith in mm. Florentiu, and there's another guy called Philip Benkovic, was to go out and buy another winger. Spend £40, £50 million on a winger. So the team is great. Then you've got Vardy, Iosi Perez, and there needed to be someone else. And it, it highlighted my point exactly at the weekend when we played Wolves because he ended up playing James Madison as the winger and then bringing Hamza Chowdhury into the middle. So he's left Mark Albrighton, Harvey Barnes on the bench and Damari Gray not even the squad. So that shows he doesn't trust those three. Mm. But if, he, if, if he doesn't trust those three and he's got a billion pound kind of owner and 80 million pounds from Harry Maguire, why did he not go out and buy another winger? That, that for me is, is where the side clearly lacks. But, you know, Harvey Barnes is nice and, and I like all these players but if Brendan Rodgers doesn't trust them, then, then, then there's no point kind of having them on the bench. And you certainly don't want James Madison playing out on the wing. So, so when you look at what ultimately United did do by bringing in Maguire, you look at what Arsenal ultimately did do by bringing in Nicolas Pepe, Kieran Tierney, etc., and David Luiz, that then meant for me that their transfer business and their squad was then ending up significantly stronger than what Leicester did. At the start of the window, you looked at Leicester's squad and thought, yeah, this is great. But by the end, I'd go as far as to say, because we lost Maguire and didn't bring in a winger, that those then sides are in a significantly stronger position than what perhaps people think we are or, or were. But isn't Rogers capable of, uh, of making what he's got into something uh, better than you would have, the sum of the, the individuals, you know, uh, um, creating the sum of the individuals as a decent team? Because he seemed to be doing terribly well last year mm. with what he had. I mean, I, 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 I think he's a decent manager, and, and he's, he's obviously seen it as a project. So aren't you having not much faith in the in what he could do? No, no, no I, I've, I've, I've got complete faith in Brendan. I don't know whether they tried to get in another wing, and that may just be my personal view, but I do think it highlights the fact that, you know, by playing Madison out there, that he doesn't trust the guys that he's got. But, no, no you're right in the sense of, you know, when we did have Claude Powell there before, what I, what I hated about Claude Powell was that we had this, this squad of, of huge potential that you thought that, the potential was kind of limitless with them, but the manager had a clear limit in terms of what he could do. Um, you know, you were going into the season knowing that there was only so far to go into Claude Puel, and there's, there's nothing worse, is there, going into a season knowing what the outcome's going to be already, which is a mid-table finish. With Brendan, you kind of don't know where it could go. It could be fifth, it could be fifth, but it could be mid-table, and that's why I say, even if we don't break into it, I think it's going to be an exciting season just watching the team and watching the manager. I think Brendan is is, a, is the very best appointment that a team like Leicester could have possibly hoped for. And, I mean, certainly the last kind of 10 years of my lifetime, probably the most exciting appointment we, we've made. I think, he, honestly, I think he's top class. And um, I think a few of the top six boys have missed a trick by, by not getting him. But I also completely understand why perhaps, you know, an Arsenal and Chelsea wouldn't have gone for him. But for, for Leicester, yeah, he's absolutely, he's absolutely superb. What do you think the score's going to be? <laughs> oh, mate, honestly, I have no idea. I, I really don't. I really don't. Because I, I, I think everyone was just a little bit underwhelmed by Leicester last week. Because I just say everyone's been talking about, you know, could Leicester be the side that do it? Well, they, they really weren't that exciting. You know, the home game, everyone's turned up expecting a good performance, and it was it was very underwhelming. So, hopefully, hopefully, 
they're going to have to be better. And at the same time, again, we've got a situation where we played Wolves, who just played on Thursday night in the Europa League. We're now playing Chelsea, who again have played in the midweek. So Leicester fans, again, will be hoping that we're playing a team that is a little bit tired or, you know, all, all this changes made because people have, have played too much in midweek. So that's what Leicester will be banking on. And if Chelsea are a little bit um, kind of still finding their feet under Lampard and a few of them are still a little bit leggy from, from playing extra time during the week, then then Leicester have got a chance. Um, yeah, I just honestly, I just, I just hope for it to be, for, for, to be, a, be an entertaining game. Just a very quick one to, to flip it back around on you guys, though. On losing to United and losing to Liverpool, if you lose to Leicester, is anyone going to start getting a little bit kind of funny about Frank? Oh, crikey. You just poked the bear there. Not unless Jake. you're yeah. a complete idiot, Jake. Well, I'm not. No, I'm just asking you. <laughs> 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 you tee him up, mate. I'll hit him out of the park. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a resounding no to that yeah, okay. question. I thought, Jake. I thought I'd ask. Listen, Jake, thank you very much for joining us, boss. Always a pleasure to chat to you. Great to hear speak Thanks, to Jake. And stuff, Jake. Hope to see you Sunday. That was Jake Watson, our very own Jake Watson, of course, talking about Leicester's visit to Stamford Bridge. Frank Lampard's first ever Premier League game as a manager at Stamford Bridge. We'll be getting all the reaction from the boys after this. This is Love Sport. It's the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. Myself, we might be and the guys from the Chelsea Fan Cast, Stamford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd. We've got about 25 minutes or so left of the show. We've just spoken to Love Sports' Jake Watson about his opinion on the game. I have to say he was slightly more, I'm not going to say pessimistic, but I guess he is a Leicester fan and he can see it from the inside. And I do think, and myself included, I've got a bit carried away with Leicester to the point where I actually thought they might even be able to squeeze into the top four. Listening to him, that potentially sounds like it's not going to be a realistic prediction. it was you know, Wolves prediction. they played against. Wolves have him to play this unbelievably negative, just stop the opposition from playing. And uh, um, it may have been that Leicester, because the game against Chelsea last season, which um, uh, Wolves just nicked, um, all they did was defend. Mm. And uh, they may have done exactly the same thing. I obviously wasn't there, but it, it, the impression I got was that he was saying that they had huge possession and couldn't do anything with it. Mm. I, and I thought, therefore, it's almost too early to judge. Absolutely. It's, yeah, uh, Jonathan, bang on. It's too early to judge. Uh, you know, it's a long old season. Anything can happen. You know? Anything can happen. And it's Frank Lampard's first ever Premier League game in charge of Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Fellas, he's aiming, by the way, not to be the first Premier League manager or the first Chelsea manager since Viali 21 years ago to lose his first two Premier League games yeah but this, Big is, one. this is all nonsense Matt <laughs> I know man that's why I say it but then Viali, you know you're going to react Matt, to it go and write for the sun or but, something but Viali then won nonsense. the uh, European yeah. Cup Minus Cup and the League Cup yeah but this Premier is League after, games no, this, is, this, this was basically the no, Premier League games no I know, I know but yeah I'm, but this is the season that Viali got sacked and was replaced by Ranieri because oh, if you course, remember of course he, he had that terrible start yeah, and by September he was gone yeah yeah, and he had and we sang Viali for about the next three he, months. He made that terrible purchase of the ultimately um, uh, award-winning Roma fullback, whose name escapes me, um, who played left Panucci. back. Panucci. Panucci. Very good, very, man. Panucci. Very good. Yeah. Very, very, very good. good. Who... Uh, then Ranieri insisted on playing yeah. regularly. And, who, uh, I mean, going on his history, a good player. Won yeah. titles with Real Madrid. Not played at Chelsea. Italy, not at Chelsea. Not at Chelsea. Chelsea. Was, was kind of poor, wasn't but he, look, let's, Getting poor. back to the yeah. point, you know, this hyperbole, oh, if he loses three matches, it'll be, you know, will there be pressure on him? It's just absolute nonsense made up by the media to get people like me wound up and to get people with less brains clicking on their stupid articles. 
The context is everything with this season. Frank Lampard is here for a year, whatever happens. We cannot buy any players unless the ban gets rescinded. And yet City we have lost avoided that. Yeah, yeah, they? later. We we have lost our <laughs> best and one of only two world class players. We are doing what we've wanted for a long time, seeing some of our talented youth players get a chance. That is important. Not whether Sky Flaming News or whoever wants to generate a story by pretending that Frank Lampard might get sacked if we lose to Leicester at home on, on Sunday. Sunday. I told you that about that wonderful tweet during the week. Where That's the, a good where, rant, where, uh, Very good. And, and yeah. a, you didn't an, applaud. An you normally do. No, I normally... I, inwardly, I was, uh, I was um, cheering. Um, <laughs> Um, that wonderful tweet where this this I was about the third or fourth person who had tweeted it on in disbelief had said uh, Frank Lampard uh, might be after the following four players and just chose four players from Europe never heard of the some band, of them the band yeah, or, the, yeah, or the continent because uh, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it might as well, might have, been well either, have been either yeah. it must have been either and then said if he if he actually buys these players. I want him out. And then he put hashtag Lampard out. Yeah, but you've, got to, you've got to stop getting taken in by this. No, I'm not taken no, in. No, no, I know just, you're not. I'm utterly I, bemused I know you're by not. the idiocy. But, but this is the point. We, we, we were talking about this uh, before we went on air, Matt. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it, we touched on it on the show when Carrie was on, about the awful uh, racism of, of Tammy Abraham. Oh, this is symptomatic of the same issue. People with... Uh, frankly, I think psychopathological disorders, giving ac- you know, having been given access to a computer, a phone, and/or a Twitter account, which should be basically basically should be in a padded cell because they just want a load of attention. They say the most abysmal and appalling things that nobody would say to anybody if they were sitting here in front of you and me, for example. And it should be given the attention that it deserves, which is less than zero. I I agree. And do you know what I said earlier? It's not actually even that funny anymore no it's actually a bit stupid and i have to say and this isn't specifically about chelsea as well on on a lot of occasions i've seen in in the past week or since the new football season has started it seems like the twitter sphere has plummeted to even worse depths that it was already into and what we're starting to see now is clubs official club accounts joining in that be it the the smallest passage of play be it a tiny little thing that a player did like shrugging someone off the ball that you don't really need to highlight yes we can see what's happening the most minute incident in a game is getting captured put on social media with a stupid little line from whoever it is that's controlling these social media accounts and then everybody weighs into this stupid little debate and I just think it's clubs need to take more responsibility about what they're putting out there and what they're feeding into. The... United put one out, and United's media department have always been really good. But in recent years, you're starting to think, what is going on? They did a tweet on Harry Maguire, and it just put, simply, the man is a colossus. Why are you putting that out there because as Manchester United? Because, Matt, like at Chelsea, who have been thrilling since 1905, <laughs> apparently, there <laughs> are too many... The, that was on the stand. There are the too many... People have put that up. There. there are too many ridiculous, stupid, unknowledgeable bloody young marketing people at football clubs who think that this that their you know their job is to kind of come up with these these really great groovy ideas shut up nobody wants to know Okay, we what? do apologise if you heard a word. Maybe I don't no, know. I shouldn't think, really you know, be saying on on radio. What, 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 my, my, my complaint my similar, similarly about this 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 guy who tweeted that Frank, if Frank happened to get these players. I would like him out, Lampard out, was 
the number of gullible people who then responded by saying, Oh my God, know, he wants to buy ignore these players. It, I agree. It, I Lampard out. Omitting to look at the original tweet. So it just went on and on. And you're thinking, how many thousands of people have got involved in this ridiculously but the, but the, but the fabricated is, Jonathan, argument? Know, the, the, the point is, is that yeah, uh, there is one there is one consoling thing about this, which I think you know, close to our hearts as Chelsea supporters, that was proven beyond any reasonable doubt this season that the opinions of idiots on Twitter who purport to be Chelsea fans have absolutely no influence over what happens at the club. In fact, you see that chair over there. It has more influence over what happens at Chelsea Football Club than any of these idiots who post this absolute errant nonsense. The only thing that really matters are the 40 or well, 38,000 people who turn up every week, uh, every other week, who have a season ticket, and the two to 3,000 who go away every game. I think the club... Act- hey, thank you. Hey, thank you. There you go, Chich. We wanted applause. I've it never heard while, Max we got do it. that. I'm finally, it's like, like winning the gold. You remember the golden shot? I feel like I've just hit the ball. I, I am going to... And I'm enjoying this, Chich, because we live for passion. You wound me up, with, mate. You've done without, very well. Without passion, no one's interested. I started with... See, it works. See what I tried work. to do with those little stats <laughs> at the beginning? I knew it was going to happen. Chich, can I... I can, go, sorry, you get in there. Go no, go on, there. Jonathan, Can please. I ask you, therefore, when... Um, the uh, shot got an apple yeah, on He's got an apple on said he has everybody at home. He has it's true, indeed, I'm not listener lying. at home. Um, uh, it's put me off now. If, uh, if uh, and Chish has done a funny face, <laughs> if <laughs> if Frank then makes a, a, an announcement that he doesn't want the uh, um, the, the 200 goals scored with the, the word that we're not allowed to mention and uh, uh, that he would rather that, was not, that was, wasn't sung at the ground and that results in large numbers of people saying, I don't want to go to the ground club anymore. The club is just becoming tourist and middle well, class. Well, I think that's a different and, issue. Uh, um, in what way is that a different issue? Because it's still on social media and it's still people responding and it's people that you would think would, would possibly well, would know I, better, but they it's almost as if that that, that becomes a, 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 a sociological no, thing. No, I, 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 think, I think it's a very different thing. I mean, if, for example, you know, Lampard, I, I didn't see it today, I'll be honest, but clearly you must have been asked in the press conference because I saw it on the, the, the Sky News ticker up there, but coming out with a vehement attack on, on, on quite rightly, on the abuse Tammy. of Tammy Abel. Abraham. Yeah. Now, people are asking for a nine-minute um, Tam- oh, Tammy, well, Tammy, Tammy, yeah, Tammy, Tammy, Abraham. Whatever, you know. It's again, you know, <laughs> if it floats your boat, fine, but that's not the point. The no, point no, is, no. of course, Support for the club do have to respond. You can't just say like I have, well, it's nonsense and we're just going to give it the, you know, the con- we're going to give it the contempt it deserves. They have to give a response, particularly when you're talking about something like racism, because you just have to give a response. It's good PR to do that, if you, or, or not, not good PR, but they have to manage that situation by giving a response. I'm in a different position. I can say, it, you know, give it the contempt of those, ignore it. It's the basically idiots who are, who are doing it. But isn't this particular word racist, though, that's being sung in the songs? In yeah, the and way? that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, they, they will have to come and say that. You know, five, ten years ago, people wouldn't have balked at that. We're living in a different world now. Yeah. It is deemed unacceptable. Well, if that's how it is, that's how it is, so you shouldn't say it. Of course the club are going to get behind that, because they can't be seen to be doing anything else. And they wheel out Frank, because, of course, of his West Ham connections, where obviously this song is, you know, directed at. And it's about him? Yeah, you know, so exactly. So, of course, they have to do that. But I don't think you can equate that with what I was saying beforehand, which is, you know, basically the supporters in the stadium are a very different breed from some of the idiots we get on social media.
No, but some of the supporters in the stadium, unfortunately, are those who are saying... I would, I, and, uh, and I look forward to your Venn diagram on it next week. Uh, I, funnily enough, I'll just draw a couple of uh, do that. boxes. I have to say, Jonathan, as well, the, the nine-minute Tammy Abraham song, so that's what the suggestion has been, that a nine-minute Tammy Abraham song, again, lovely, raises awareness, but Kick It Out will be the first to say that's all very well, but... First and foremost, action do it. needs to be taken. And John Barnes would also, obviously, he said loads of things like, you, you can stop people coming to games, but what's that doing? It doesn't mean yeah, but anything. The, but, yeah, but Matt, just to clarify this, I don't think there'll be, any, there'll, there'll be there was nobody at the sure. stadium saying that on, yeah. on Wednesday night. There will be nobody in the stadium who will racially abuse one of their own players, particularly Tammy Abraham. This is a social media issue. Mm-hmm. That needs to be made very clear. Yeah, it's just 33,000 people singing. Different, you know, for him is nice. Oh, oh to right, say, right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the other. I reference. thought you were going back to the. No, no, no. There what, are yeah, thirty-three thousand people don't sing that. It's yeah, a small number who yeah, sing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, chaps. A heated debate. That's what we like on the Chelsea Fan Show. Right for the final fifteen minutes, we're going to lighten the mood slightly and look ahead to the weekend's game again on the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. It's all in the name Love Sport Radio. Listen to Love Sport Radio on your smartphone today. Simply download the free Love Sport app from the App Store or Google Play. Tap the play button and you'll be able to listen to your favourite station anytime, anywhere. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. It's the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. We've got about 10 minutes left with the guys from the Chelsea Fancast. And to kick things off, ahead of Leicester's 500th Premier League game this weekend, ahead of Frank Lampard's first game as manager, walking out at Stamford Bridge, Premier League manager, I should say, for Chelsea. Chigi has a question. I do, well, because it's very appropriate that you should be talking about stats, Matt, because this is from our old mate Chelsea Chadder, at Chelsea Chadder on Twitter, who, of course, is the unofficial official stats man of the Chelsea fancast. But Chad likes to pose a question for us a lot. And, of course, sorry, Chad, I forgot to mention it earlier on with all the excitement of having Kerry in the studio. But uh, Chad asks, how many managers did Frank Lampard play under at Chelsea? Uh, and uh, I'm going to get these two boys to write them all down and we'll reveal it before the end of the show, which is about eight minutes away. Eight minutes away, absolutely. Now, before we get there, we have had a heated show thus far, and I have... It's because the aircon's broken. And I've kind of... Yeah, it is. It's typical. Same thing's happening again. You're sweating. I am. You should have seen me at the and Killing I, Joe gig last Saturday. That was real sweat. I've, uh, I've poked you a bit throughout it's this right. show. Don't mind that. Cheers. I'm going to do it again. Okay. Just, just quickly. Now... A couple of quotes. I don't know whether you saw them from Chris Sutton this week. <laughs> so we've had a Chelsea legend in the show in Kerry Dixon this week and someone who perhaps wasn't as emphatic at Chelsea was Mr Sutton. And after that United defeat, fair enough, this is to say before the Chelsea, before the Liverpool game that he made these quotes, but he said it's like going into an Olympic rowing final and being asked to complete, compete in a dinghy and you've lost your Steve Redgrave. The fans being behind Lampard will only last for so long. Yep, you see... You know, Chris Chris Sutton is a certified idiot. Um, I know I know Chris Sutton's type. I, I used to work in television as a producer and director, mainly making football programmes, and we used to have to hire ex-players who were desperate to get into the media, <laughs> and we used to brief them that they had to be controversial, otherwise they wouldn't last very long. Burley is another one. Burley is another one. That you, I could name 50, probably, of ex-footballers who come out and say the most errant, uneducated nonsense. Savage started off like Again, that. Again, so that they... Get people to watch and press their buttons and wind them up. I, I would take whatever Chris Sutton says about as seriously as his attempts at being a class striker at Chelsea. But he's known for that. I mean, hmm. particularly on... Uh, I watched. I don't know how I ended up watching it. He was commenting on a Scottish game, Hearts, against somebody or other, and he was just having a go at the, uh, he's a at the, uh, at the other... 
the other pundits. So yes, I that know. was that was uh, Alex Ray, I think it was, yeah, it wasn't was, it? The X Rangers player. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, but uh, I, I have to say, I, I, weirdly, I like him as a pundit because you know what you're going to get. You know that he's, he's an idiot. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> not an idiot. He will say something that is you go, oh, for goodness' okay, sake, don't be ridiculous. Idiot. A big idiot. All right, yeah, a large idiot. And and he he was good for Celtic. He played well for Celtic. Yeah, that's he was level. good for Norwich. He was good for Blackburn. He was better Absolutely as a central defender, mate. Atrocious, yeah, oh, rubbish. Atrocious. Scored in the five 0 against Man United, of course, once. That's how, I mean, I would not be proud of that as a Massimo Taibi, of course, playing in that oh, game for course, Manchester the United. Has, yeah, there we go. Ian Wright, on the other hand, has, has been quite objective and he yeah. said, look, we can't judge Chelsea until Rudiger come, yeah. comes back, until Conte's yeah. fully fit, until Pulisic yeah. is, is up and running, yeah. which is a fair statement. Until Cheeks well, back. That's because mm-hmm. Ian Wright is a, is a highly intelligent uh, man and a great broadcaster and also won't be told by some idiot, you know, 25-something producer what he has to say to try and get more people to watch the programme. Ian Wright is as honest as the day is long. The only thing I don't like about Ian Wright is when I phoned up his radio show once, having been asked to, he compared me to Piers Morgan. He said I was a Chelsea version of Piers Morgan, for which I have never forgiven him. Oh, ouch. But that aside, I liked him as a player. I like him even more as a pundit. I think he talks a lot of sense. And there we go. He's just proved it, because all of that makes total sense, and I agree with. I've got to say, we have had a response to your question. Chigi. Whoa! Yeah, from Eddie McCready. Oh, well, Mark, would Mark will know. Mark, well, it's a good time to reveal the answer, actually. Okay. Let's, I, let, you, read, you read them out and I'll say yes or no. Uh, oh. he's, he's not given the full name. He's just given the amount and then named a couple of other people. Shall I read out his answer? Go on. So, Eddie has said 13 managers. Wow. If, if Ray Wilkins and Steve Holland Oh, that's are what included. I've got. I've got them as well. There you go, Roland, Roland, right, go yeah, on then, kiddo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a bit of a steward's inquiry on that. Um, I'm pre- I am prepared to possibly accept that. I don't know. I haven't got Steve Holland on my list, but the weird thing is, I have got other managers on that list who came in as in in on a caretaker capacity. Okay, Jonathan Kidd. I'm not so sure that Steve Holland did actually. Well, there you go. He was he was manager briefly, but yeah. was that just after Lampard had left? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Chad wouldn't get that wrong. I, I, I haven't got them. We, oh, we counted Mourinho twice, but he wasn't in the second Mourinho. You tell team, me who you've he? got. Scalari, tell me who you've got. Yes. Ranieri. Yes. Rios Boas. Yes. Grant. Yes. Hiddink. Yes. And I've got Holland and Wilkins and Mourinho, obviously. Mourinho, yes. But uh, I'm I, missing a few. I know, I'm missing three, actually. Di Matteo? No. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, yes, sorry, yes. Sorry, 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 yes, sorry, 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 yes, yes, yes. Of course, Timoteo, for God's sake, Jonathan. God. Uh, Come on. No, I can't. On, you, you said I've, Ray Wilkins. He's I, also I've on said the, Wilkins and one Holland. One game, one game. There's one game that was... Uh, There's one more. Hot, Watford, wasn't it Watford? Yeah, 4-0. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Max, Max has given us one. Won the Europa League yeah, final with Chelsea. Oh, but, uh, Benitez, of course. Sorry. Yeah, that's sorry, the, sorry. one more, one more, one more. Huddle. No, Ancelotti. What, Ancelotti? What am I doing? What's the matter with me? I don't, I don't know, know, mate. What's happened to my but mind? Past your bedtime. What clearly. on earth? The three. Oh, yeah, there you go. Well me. done, Chadder. Sorry, and, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, Mark or Eddie McCready, 1977. Steve, Steve Holland or Steve Holland, if you prefer, is a steward's inquiry. I'm sure we might be hearing from. Him. Get in touch with us. Let us know well, on that one. God, that was so appalling. Benitez, Di Matteo, and Ancelotti. I missed those three out. <laughs> Okay, chaps, right, moving on from kiddos' tears. We're going to quickly just go back. We've got about five minutes, so we're going to talk about the game and the fact that this is the first home game of the Premier League season. The first home game in charge for Frank Lampard. 
it is special, isn't it? Do you know what, Matt? There, there is nothing like uh, the first home game of the season if if you go regularly. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a season to go for over twenty years. And it's like going back to school. The first day of the new school term after your summer holiday break and you get to see, in our case, mates that you might not have seen really since the last game of the season. You go back to pubs that you might not have seen since the last game of the season. The smell of it, the atmosphere, it, I mean, the bonhomie, the, the, the grin on my face on Sunday will be massive until 4.30. <laughs> Actually, on that, I'd love to ask you this because it is very different in the Premier League to the Football League and we have the Brentford Fan Show on and we spoke to the guys last Monday and it was really interesting to hear their views ahead of going uh, hosting Cambridge. Sorry, so they're hosting Cambridge. They've got a really good relationship with the guys from Middlesbrough who they played last week at the Riverside and they've got communities around the country, these Brentford fans, and before games, they meet up with opposition supporters and they sit and they have a pint and they chat and they discuss and after the game they talk you don't get that really in the Premier League have you got that with any clubs where you know fans of opposition no No, well I mean Jonathan will answer very interestingly in a second I think but there are no not as a whole not as a group apparently back in the day so I'm told that uh, we used to give Liverpool their own pub and they were about the only club this is back in the day when hooliganism was rife Uh, and I don't think there were many clubs that we did that with um I have occasionally, there's one or two mates that I've got who are like really into football, proper football fans, um, who go away. So, you know, that makes Mm -hmm. them even more proper in my book, who I will meet up with a pint. Um, But usually after the game, I don't know. Actually, I used to meet him quite often before as well. You know, there are a few mates that I will do that with, but not a whole group. And of course, you have a very different experience, don't you? Uh, well, you do because I don't think you kind of, um, you, you know, how do I put this? Because you you sit where you are, you often have a spare ticket and you often invite a mate oh, yeah, to, yeah, who, yeah, who's, yeah, a, yeah, who's yeah, an opposition fan. Along. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, they have to It's a very their, different experience, yeah, though, isn't it? I suppose they're on their best behaviour. Well, they're not going to well. muck around. No, no they're not. They? But you other get than, fed and all other that than kind the of one, stuff, Yeah, the one, the mate of mine who I normally sit with who said, my West Ham fan friend is coming along. Could you look after him? And he said, I've told him not to to wear his colours or do anything and he he um within 30 seconds he stood up abused everybody <laughs> in the area um had a go at the manager who was just down below us and funnily enough was uh, escorted off the premises and my mate phoned me at half time and said how's how's phil doing i said phil was ejected after about a minute and oh, he went brilliant. oh my god oh, i brilliant. said i thought i told you to keep an eye on him i said does it make any difference it wasn't, wasn't phil jupiter's was it? it wasn't oh, we're finished we're chaps i'm afraid we come oh, to the end of the show my a quick story. prediction. Just, we'll do that next week. 2-1, two one, two one, Matt. 2-1 two two to Chelsea. 3-1. 3-1. Uh, Tommy Abraham off the score sheet. Hopefully, yeah. Needs to get off the mark. Right, it's the Chelsea Fan Show. We're going to be back at the same time next week, 7pm every Friday. But first, Frank Lampard in his first home game as Chelsea manager takes on Leicester City on Sunday at 4.30pm. We'll give you all the reaction from that same time next week. This is Love Sport. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.